0: Seeing as how this is an American Pilsner with an ABV of 4.5%. One of the most well-rounded beers today and will get you proper wasted. You gotta ask yourself, did they drink six beers or only five? On well, all the excitement they got drunk and forgot. It's Dirty Harry and Gran Torino. Today, a six-pack double feature.
1: This is about a movie about a couple of killers. Harry Callahan
2: and a homicidal maniac the one with the badge is Harry
1: damn it all Harry that's the mayor you're talking to Clint Eastwood Detective Harry
2: Callahan you don't assign him... Stop! ...to murder cases. You just... ...turn him loose.
1: No, what the hell are you doing yourself?
2: Dude, I'm sorry. I had to fast-forward to part of that trailer.
3: I understand. Sweet God. It's I told like... you that about two minutes and 35 seconds were... ...a little too long in the tooth.
2: And it makes it sound like porn. Like old... Like... Like Shla-y. No, there's
3: real acting in this porn. <laughs> yeah,
2: the art of the trailer has improved come, it's come immensely. come way, baby, yeah.
3: Hey, welcome into
2: Six Pack Double Featured. He's Travis. And I'm not Nathan. <laughs> He's Nathan. Uh, I am? Okay. As far as you know. Okay. Um, and today we are doing Dirty Harry in Gran Torino. Yeah, we're
3: throwing back a few PBRs because that's what the old Walt drank in Gran Torino. Until he ran out and had to go next door to uh, the
2: Korean place, yeah,
3: the the Mongs or whatever, and yeah. had, had there's beer. Okay, <laughs> but that's an that's the other half. Yeah, this that, is that the dirty Harry half that
2: quilled his racism back quite <laughs> <a> bit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> but we're not in Detroit yet. We're you know, still in San Francisco. We are in
2: Frisco. Yeah, with uh, Detective Harry Callahan. Well,
3: this was. I'll be honest with you. I I don't think I ever paid enough attention to realize that. This was the first – this is the – I mean, where am I going with this? I don't know. Do you know, Travis? I don't know what you're trying to say. Okay. I
2: feel like Ronnie in the fly. I don't know what you're trying to say.
3: No, uh, I didn't realize that this was loosely based off of uh, The Zodiac Killer. Oh, yes, yes. Until I had actually watched – Fincher's film Zodiac, and then got fascinated with that, and then tried to read the book, and then wanted to kill myself because that book is difficult
2: to read. I've not read the book. Yeah,
3: I wouldn't recommend it. Just watch the movie. It's nice and condensed and not and drawn out.
2: Scary as hell. Yeah. Wet, pallid of, uh, like, wash of a bit of color, as Fincher is wont to do. Yes. This, however, <laughs> the same similar story, rather, yeah. is pretty. Uh, the late 60s, early 70s movies had this sort of. The word I come up with is dry. The mm-hmm. color palette is dry. It's not very, not very bright until
3: you see the fake blood, and God, then dude, fake blood is the the late seven, not late seventies, the early seventies. Blood was very
2: red, like uh, matte paint. Yeah. If you're familiar with that,
3: I'm more familiar with Jeremy paint rather than Matt's paint.
2: Was that a shitty joke? Uh,
3: I was. Yes. <laughs> you get out. Congratulations. You get the f*** out. That was a
2: test. You passed. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So I think this was the second time I'd seen Dirty Harry. Um, I saw it probably about 10 years ago. Okay. Um, My first impressions of it were like with those opening shots, big, very.
3: Expansive.
2: Yeah. Establishing. Mm -hmm. They're gorgeous, man. Yeah. And you learn pretty much all you need to know about Harry Callahan before he says a word.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he's He's, just he's putting his pieces together. You don't realize he's putting his pieces together. And then he comes just just kind of looking. And then you see him going to another building and going up the stairs. And they're like, what does this dude do? Oh, he's figured out probably where she was shot. Yeah.
2: Where she was shot from. Yeah. yeah. We're
3: shot from. Yeah.
2: That scene when it comes back up the uh, like it goes up the barrel Mm -hmm. as he's about to shoot her. Man, that is gorgeous. The mm-hmm. cinematography in this is great. Well, it's, some of the cinematography is great. Not all of the cinematography. Some of it. Some of it is cheesy.
3: The By super today's... red lighting in the strip club is that super harsh red. Yeah, it's, I think that's oh,
2: cool. It's cool, but it's still a little harsh. Yeah, the, the parts I'm thinking of are later on when they're in the stadium, and it's just like, well, why don't you just go to black screen? Yeah, maybe my TV sucks. I don't
3: know. No, it's it's actually a decent shot. Did that that pullback probably took some time if I remember correctly, but I think they actually came up with the idea when they were at a game and was like, I think it might be kind of cool to shoot a scene here. That was at the stadium. I can't remember the name of the stadium right now. I have it in my notes somewhere, but that's where the Giants played, which is also odd to... Candlestick Park? Uh, No, it was not called that in 71. It wasn't Candlestick Park yet. Uh, And so that's where they played. But what would seem more odd is when you go into the locker room area and where the groundskeeper apparently lived and there's a there's a pennant there for Oakland, which was also odd. Some people go, well, that's not accurate. And I looked up more information and found out that apparently at the season that they played when they filmed this movie, Mm -hmm. Oakland played a fair amount of games
2: at that park. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> this is totally the first quote i work alone end quote cop movie
3: yeah because like, this is definitely not the buddy cop because everybody who gets paired with Call- with callahan gets killed or seriously injured maimed wounded
2: yeah. mauled attacked
3: or messed up uh psychologically <laughs> <laughs> and if you've watched the movies you know that's what happens um, blown up or killed, and, or killed in more than one way. It's just
2: such a it's such a trope at this point in history that you don't you don't realize that it started somewhere, and it started with the baddest motherfucker <laughs> on the right side of the badge. Uh, you know? Right before he goes
3: into the restaurant, and you see the guy chain smoking. He's the getaway driver right before the bank oh, robbery happens. yeah, yeah. Have yeah, you yeah. ever chain smoked that much uh, when you smoked in an in a situation in an altered right? state? <laughs> <laughs> I just there was I swear there was like most of a pack of cigarettes just oh
2: outside the door outside the door yeah yeah yeah, yeah. W-
3: which was his first indicator that something's wrong. So here. much
2: is told in this movie with you just without being told. Yeah, yeah, you're it's, just told. It's it's the, beautiful. It's yeah. it's great. Did Eastwood have any directorial input on this? Or was he, he did just... he
3: actually directed one scene? Okay, and that was part of my trivia. But we'll get to that one bit. Okay. Is the Clint Eastwood directed the scene actually with the suicide jumper?
2: Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, and that's another, God, how many times have you seen that kind of thing parodied?
3: Yeah. Well, you kind of see that to an extent when you jump up to like Lethal Weapon about 15 or so years later, but it's handled in a different way. It's claimed that he directed one scene because Don Siegel was out sick. Okay. And this is actually inaccurate. Siegel was indeed sick, but wasn't on the set. And Eastwood had always been scheduled to direct that scene to begin with. And so, due to difficult logistics uh, of getting the actors, director, cameraman, and soundman all together uh, on on top of a small ledge in shooting the scene, it was supposed to be for six nights to do that entire scene. He did it in one night. <laughs> he's the baddest motherfucker. Well, the yeah, camera he's, too. <laughs> he's he's Eastwood is known for his brevity in shooting. Yeah, he
2: doesn't, he doesn't piss around.
3: And you can see in a marquee somewhere in the film. The, his directorial debut of um, – I have it, I thought I had it written down, but maybe I don't. Uh, his directorial debut movie, and I'll enter it right here. <laughs> I can't – I'm drawing a blank at this moment. But uh, play, Misty just, for, play Misty for me. Oh, when he's on the radio? Yeah.
2: When I used to do radio back – Yeah, when, he was a DJ. My, that's buddy right. me, uh, <laughs> my buddy Travis would call me. There's uh, your shout-out. My buddy Travis would call me on the studio line and say, Play Misty for me, and then hang up because I worked a lot of nights and he knew it scared the shit out of me.
3: Yeah, you get to see uh Lucille lose her shit cuz that's the uh that's the lady who oh, from yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, arrested development. Yep. Um Yeah. Jessica Tandy. No. <laughs> Beal. Jessica Tandy would be an interesting casting decision. Christ. All
2: right you Cronin's wife. Oh, what is, her, what is her name? It's Jessica. Is it Jessica Walters? Yes, Jessica Walter. That's an alternate 1985 we just shot into right there. <laughs> <laughs> um, like like Nathan, Jessica Tandy loses her shit. <laughs> an
1: alternate
3: and tries 90, to kill Clint Eastwood al- in 1971. And she's hot. She yeah. looks
2: like Jessica Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so like geez. Nathan said, the plot is basically... Um, A loose interpretation...
3: With resolution to the Zodiac Killer Which, and said it's Scorpio. If
2: you know anything about the Zodiac Killer, I have to think he was not active as a, as a serial killer anymore when this came out because... He probably listens to podcasts. Well, that, because knowing that, I feel like it would have triggered him into at least coming out of hiding. Yeah, you would something. think. But that's a whole different kind of podcast mm-hmm. that we don't do. Um I love how that it just gets... It doesn't piss around. It gets right into the story. Right. And I could I could actually start mid story. Yeah. You know, think about it that way. And you meet the characters, and you meet Harry, and you learn what you need to learn as the movie There's a goes killing, along. and
3: then you realize, oh, hey, by the way, the mayor wants to see you. Yeah. We shit's
2: gotten real. <laughs> yeah. I, it's it's not sort of bucks the norm of beginning, middle, end. I mean, it's got a beginning, middle, yeah, end. yeah. But it, it kind of starts like you said. It starts in yeah. the middle. It's almost like probably how we felt when Tarantino first hit the scene. Yeah.
3: Because of the non-linear. Yeah. Way of thinking and yeah. storytelling, yeah. It's and it's not quite as, you know, trunk Choppy, as, yeah. Yeah,
2: but I, I like it. Um, something I noticed as we were listening to the trailer, um, the trailer mentioned that part where he basically comes up telling her what's his name, what's her name. She's asking about his wife. Yeah. This is one of three movies off the top of my head where Eastwood's character's wife has died he's a widower? Yeah. yeah I didn't... Dirty Harry, Gr- okay. Grant Gran And That unf- opens pretty yeah. much with... And Unforgiven.
3: Yeah. And okay. I'll, be, I'll bet there's more. Oh, I'm sure there's That's more. That's an odd... Because he's only been married like eight times. In real life? I don't... It's a lot. I did not know that. I know he's... Maybe... maybe I may be exaggerating, but it's been many a time he's not currently married at this moment at age 88 slash 89. I mean, look, dude, I'd
2: marry him, get that... Uh, inherit that estate... <laughs> I would gladly divorce my wife and marry Clint Eastwood and then inherit that estate right. and remarry my wife. I'm, gonna I'm put... sure he may have a
3: prenup in place by now.
2: Maybe. Eastwood's got a prenup. I'm, g- I'm sure you. He he's does. got. Yeah, he's... What,
3: what was it that I texted you a, a couple weeks ago? I was like, uh, did you know that there's an undetermined amount of children that he currently he, ha- he has? He's uh... <laughs> like
2: Johnny Appleseed, man. Yeah,
3: man. He's got shit. at least, it was like eight or 12 like kids listed and it says undetermined amount of children. <laughs> From what it sounded like, Eastwood would stick it anywhere it like a one-man where it was Dugger warm family. and wet,
2: unfortunately. <laughs> I have written here for no no particular reason. Actually, I know exactly why, but... Um, <laughs> we'll more, just say it is. More like pervy, Harry. What a peeping Tom. <laughs> standing on the
3: trash can. That was funny, you gotta admit. Oh, yeah. I mean, I well, the first time I saw that, I was not expecting, Oh, there's a large lady taking her shirt off. And and she has two big, large boobs. boobs and, and then he gets pulled down off of the trash can and then half shit beaten out of him, <laughs> unexpectedly. I'm like, what? Oh, <laughs> You just happen to be following the wrong person, tailing the wrong person. Do uh what doesn't work. For no, you? I get you. Uh, the film is in the era. Oh, I said to put. Oh, the films in the era where the they have the fakest red blood. For me, that's
2: what bothers me the most. For some reason, see, I don't mind. I don't mind that. Like, I can notice it, and it doesn't. I know it's fake anyway, right? So it doesn't bother me. I actually kind of appreciate it because of the era they did. Cause it's just they had to figure out a dye that worked well, that
3: picked up well with the camera, that tried not to look too fake. But then looking at it now, it's
2: like See, it's not dark enough. I read it as them trying to make it not look too real. Like, look, we're we're going to let you no, shoot the guy. No, you know what? That makes you, sense. We're going to let you blow the guy away, but we can't. For God's sake, it's not it's not a snuff film, Clint. You know,
3: so that that, that is, kind of his blood's too dark.
2: <laughs> yeah, <Lightning, we> And <laughs> that need blood, blood looks too real. Like you just blew the guy's fucking head off. Sure. But we can't can't make it look too real. That's kind of how I read that. Okay. Because they went to all that trouble for all the stunts. But
3: that was the only bit that I put in regards to what doesn't work.
2: What doesn't work for me is... Am I to believe... I mean, I know he's a crack shot and all that, but am I to believe that the Scorpio put that rifle together in like 30 seconds? Yes. I don't know shit about guns. I don't know. But to me, for a rifle that sophisticated, I feel like he put it together... Really quickly? Really quick with like, a screwdriver. And he had all the necessary... And then he's getting away... With all
3: that? Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, I know it, it's based on a real thing, but um something that
3: caught my eye when I wrote down. Like after the bank robbery scene, uh he goes to the medic and they want to examine him, and apparently a pair of slacks in nineteen seventy one that cost Callahan twenty nine fifty would be the equivalent of spending a hundred and eighty five dollars on a pair of pants today. <laughs> Like a, that's some cop salary to be buying pants that expensive. That's a good. That's, I mean, but it makes nice. sense like why he wanted. No, no, no. It's gonna hurt like hell, Harry. I don't care. These pants cost me twenty nine fifty or whatever. I bought them at the J C Penney's, <laughs> whatever. I can I have a hard time believing J C Penney's would sell pants at twenty nine fifty <laughs> in nineteen seventy one. It's like some Gordon Gartrell shit. Man. I know. It's but thinking about, can you imagine? Can you picture yourself wanting to? Purchase a pair of pants for one hundred and eighty-five
2: dollars. I don't own anything Ever. worth one hundred and thirty-nine dollars <laughs> or eighty-five or eighty-five. I don't. I'm trying to think. My nicest suit came from Goodwill. Um, another thing that kind of doesn't work for me is eventually the Mister Supercop thing, where they have to keep reminding you of that. Kind of wears a bit thin after a while. Yeah, it's kind of they kind of
3: ham hand like like ham fist it in a little a little too much of of Harry. Yeah. So why do they call you Dirty Harry? <laughs> I don't like to
2: shower. Um, I stink. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Well, it is a little known fact that the original title was Stinky Harry. You you want to know what the original title was called oh, of the screenplay? Oh, shit. Yeah, is there an original title? Dead Right. That's not bad.
3: It's not bad. That could have been
2: one of the sequels.
3: Yeah. In fact, I'm sure if they had made six, it might have been. They already used dead with Deadpool. Now it's Dead Right.
2: I wish they'd have done that with that one. Mm-hmm.
3: Do you actually think that Harry was pushing for that response from the suicide jumper for him to actually attack him? Like
2: I actually had that as what doesn't work, too, but I kind of backed off of that. It's just like his handling of the suicide victim is a bit ham-handed. Not ham-handed, but... A little dirty? tough. Yeah, tough lovey. <laughs> Any
3: dirty job. Yeah. Considering yeah. the fact that I love how his other co-workers are like, no, he's a racist. He doesn't like anybody. He doesn't like spix or this or that or spooks. or I'm like, oh my God, can you go over any more racial slurs here? I'm feeling really uncomfortable right now in my whiteness.
2: I'm in my house, and I feel like I should <clears throat> apologize to I someone. I especially
3: don't like Spix, you know, or whatever it was that he says to his new partner. He, and yeah. he's a Latino guy. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like, I know he's just being sarcastic. He, he's just joking with the You guy, know, yeah, but... wh- you read the scene. The scene is, I'm not serious. This is all jokes and ha ha ha. But then you're still like, that's a little raw. There's only still. a few
2: filmmakers that could get that made today. And that would be Tarantino. And Spike Lee. And Clint Eastwood. In two thousand and nine, maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe. I'm yeah. talking twenty nineteen. Oh, just yeah. Only the only people that can, the only white or black directors that I think can get that kind of thing played across is Tarantino. Um, maybe Scorsese. Yeah, and then and even then, then, that would. I don't even know if he would play Lee. that. At this point, Tarantino uh, uh, era, Scorsese, Scorsese wouldn't be doing that. He's now. backing off the the end bombs and stuff, but. Tarantino is not. He's, he's full a head full steam. Man. Still, um,
3: Anytime you scratch your head going, I can't believe Tarantino is writing stuff like this and people are saying it. And you're like, yeah, but he's got Sam Jackson behind him going, that's all right. <laughs>
2: yeah, no, he's cool. <laughs> he gets a pass. <laughs> St- stamp of approval. Stamp of Approval. <laughs> hell no motherfucker don't say that <laughs> let's rewrite this I don't like how this sounds this movie makes me like Die Hard with a Vengeance a hell of a lot less now
3: oh I was gonna ask you I said did chasing down with the, phone, the phones yeah, did it make that, you
2: think no they now, stole it from, yeah, Die Hard with a Vengeance yeah. straight stole that and that's so that pisses me off like that's just a blatant rip off, dude.
3: Yeah, I was wondering the same thing. I
2: mean, it works, it's cool. And especially in what nineteen seventy one is this movie?
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's been long it was long enough, but I can understand how it would kinda go <sighs> now. I just see it as a rip off since this movie came out a good twenty plus years. Uh after Scorpio gets stabbed in the leg and tumbles down the hill, I'm surprised that the switchblade didn't somehow break off and like oh. get jammed into his oh. butt or something. His butt. <laughs> I mean, come on. (laughs) I mean, it's a disgrace. A police officer knows how to even use one of those things. I'm sitting here going, "Uh, you realize you want me to go out on my own with no one out to support me. The crazy sniper. Hold on. Give me your scotch tape. Does he use scotch tape? Yes. And he wraps it around his his calf. And I'm like, I don't know how well that's going to hold. But maybe scotch tape was much stickier back in 1971.
2: It was a better America. Yes. It was
3: a greater America. Scotch tape was stickier. Make scotch tape greater. The again. blood was reddy- redder. Make movie blood redder again. Right. <laughs> that's, that's your movie That's yeah, your episode we,
2: title. That could be a good one. Make movie blood redder
3: again. Uh, I love how Callahan is standing there on the bridge, almost like a superhero, just waiting. To, like to the a bus, re- yeah, with those Spanish, the end. With those I mean, Spanish I know we're kind of, I know we're kind of jumping back and forth that's in okay. the narrative, a but show. just when he's standing there, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Just like I'm resident badass here, kind
2: like yeah, of like Obi Wan at the end of the yeah, like Superman, kind of like what else you got?
3: Yeah, bitch. Apparently, that bridge doesn't exist anymore. I'll
2: bet a lot of things in this movie don't exist anymore. Yeah, I'll bet a lot of it is expensive. Uh, mm-hmm. Tall and skinny high-rise houses in Frisco. What would a twenty-nine fifty pair of pants cost in Frisco now? Because that's the super that's inflation. That's at inflation. least three
3: hundred and fifty dollars.
2: <laughs> double the national average. Yeah, double the national. <laughs> if you're on one coast
3: or the other, it is at least double.
2: I've got I've got a favorite line and a favorite scene, and I'll I'll split them up. But okay. My favorite scene. Well, no, no, I'm gonna do favorite line because favorite scene is a bit of a spoilerish, but. Uh, my favorite line is, well, for the last three quarters of an hour, I've been sitting on my ass in your honor office waiting on you. <laughs> Honestly,
3: my favorite line is really a piece of dialogue because I always break mine up. Is it a line or is it a piece of dialogue? They're like, well, I really like the entire exchange. And it's between Harry and the mayor. Probably right after this exchange or towards the end. Callahan, I don't want any more trouble like you had last year in Fillmore District. You understand? (laughs) That's my policy. Yeah, well, when an adult male is chasing a female with intent to commit rape, I shoot the bastard. That's my policy. Intent? How did you establish that? When a naked man is chasing a woman through a dark alley with a butcher knife and a hard-on, I figure he isn't out collecting for Red Cross. (laughs) I think he's got a point.
2: (laughs) That's always been my favorite exchange and peace. The, and that, uh, that line and was, um, nicked for, um, I believe it was the first naked gun movie, which parodies so many yeah. um, cop things. And the line that she said in that was, uh, oh, what she said something about policy and he said, oh, My policy is I shoot the bastard. He said something like, when I see a half-dressed homosexual about to stab a man in the park, I shoot the bastard. That's my policy. And she said, (laughs) 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 that was the Shakespeare in the Park production of Julius Caesar. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's got a point. (laughs) (laughs) But it just, that proves what an impact this movie had. Oh, yeah. Everybody stole, either winkingly in in a spoof or what the hell ever. He did for Die Hard with a Vengeance. I would call that blatant ripoffery, mm-hmm. but just how it just set the tone for the next. They just kind of stopped doing that in the last ten years or so. With oh cop, yeah, with cop
3: this movies. Yeah, this movie kind of set the standard. Yeah. This kind of reinvented. Oh, for or sure. Or invented the tough guy, the tough cop. It reinvented the tough guy. Yeah, well, and the if... tough guy existed, but they it definitely reinvented it for a new generation.
2: I definitely uh, watched some behind the scenes bonus stuff on this and it basically said the western had died. Mm-hmm. The western was done. And Eastwood said hold my beer. And Eastwood <laughs> said let me just let me take the let me take the western and, and put it in not an so much urban Eastwood, but city Eastwood. environment. Yeah. Who's but, the director again? Uh Don Siegel, Siegel, which done a lot of stuff with Eastwood. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um they took the western and kind of morphed it kind of the way Roadhouse did. Right. And okay. compared the two, but to compare. You know, yeah. They took they, they took the skeleton skeletal bit of a western story and brought it to a city he's still a sheriff yeah he's still cleaning up this town right and all that shit i didn't i never thought about it like that so he totally he totally he just turned it into a modern western. Yeah, I'm a gunslinger. The western yeah reinvented the western reinvented the cop story uh and invented the modern you know sort of lone ranger kind of thing. yeah
3: at least for 20 plus years
2: i'll be honest in my last viewing which was just a couple
3: of weeks ago i felt the film dragged a little bit oh for sure yeah <laughs> yeah by, by it's today's it's only an hour and forty-two minutes. You know, it's about it's, it's 50, about fifteen minutes shy of two hours, and I was surprised at the pacing. It never bothered me before, but this time around, for some reason, Eastwood films take their time. Eastwood is a filmmaker; takes his time, and for him, and for the story he's choosing to do, nine times out of ten, it works. Mm-hmm. And I'm not complaining about the pacing necessarily of this movie. It's seventy-one.
2: You that's know, how people movies...
3: d- people didn't have Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat and this were, this was you know, their Twitter and the, the, yeah Snapchat. exactly this
2: was their distraction back then.
3: But you know you get to know the character more as he bonds with his new partner before yeah. his new partner chooses to quit. You know, <laughs> I mean everything that's going on in that fifteen minutes where he becomes a peeping tom and then has to deal with the peeping Harry the super yeah <laughs> peeping Harry and the suicide suicide jumper. It it just kind of it prolongs the actual storytelling. I agree. It just creates a connection mm-hmm. between his partner and yeah. him.
2: Before nowadays, his partner they
3: would, goes. I'm. I don't know. I think I'm out of here.
2: Hey, I don't. I don't even know that they could, could or would, make this movie for a few reasons today. But if they somehow managed to do it, it would end up at least being, two or three movies. Yeah, by today's standards, they would make two or three movies out of this. They would make a ten part,
3: like episode, episodic
2: series on, like, Netflix or something. Today it would be better as an episodic, yeah. Yeah.
3: You would have – that's where the storytelling is gone. People who want to take their time go, I'd like to do 10 or 13. 13 is almost an anomaly now. Yeah. But I'd like to sit down and do a 10-episode series about X, Y, or Z. Go, yeah, okay, we can do it. You can take your time doing it this way. You do a movie, you're like, you got an – you got 90, 95 minutes. And most. We, look,
2: and look, look. Wendy's needs to sell cups. We need to sell action figures. We've got an app that uh, you're developing that? Okay, cool. We've got an app. And uh, and then we've got. If we
3: want to biggie size it with Wendy's,
2: <laughs> that, third, that takes you back, doesn't it? I used to always uh, bacon double cheeseburger, biggie, biggie fry, size. biggie yeah. coke. Biggie fry, biggie coke. That's why I was a fat kid. <laughs> now it's just beer. <laughs> how big he size my six pack um, but yeah there's so much you 12 pack yes that's why 12. I think movies on the whole today it's why they in my opinion I, I don't I don't enjoy them most of them because it's it. you just made a really good point that it's it's not about story and movies anymore it's about hey remember remember Beetlejuice well we're going to do a part two because you remember Beetlejuice right
3: right you know it was only 30 almost 31 years ago now but uh
2: yeah you remember right? ouch dude Ah. Stings a little, doesn't it? No, take the knife out of my thigh before I fall down the hill. Okay. God. Uh, every time I watch this,
3: it irritates me how Scorpio runs with his limp. It feels yeah. like he forgets which leg was he stabbed. Actually, he annoys me. He's annoying. Yeah. He does.
2: <laughs> I think he's a great actor, by he- the way.
3: Don uh, Don Siegel chose him because they said he looked like a he crazy, a, like a choir boy uh-huh. that no one knew that there was all of this evil shit behind... Gotcha. ...in his head, you know? Yeah. But it, it's he, the frustrating part with me is how he limps and runs and it's like, hold on, man, which leg was it the cut stabbed? Was right, it my left right. or was it my right? Was it my right or was it my left? That's what annoys the crap out of me. Uh, how many times do you think Callahan would recite his six shots or only five line before <laughs> anyone he's run down and had a confrontation with? Like, do you think he was working... That like weeks, like, like jewels, months. like jewels with the Ezekiel right. twenty five seventeen. Right? Do you think he uh. like? <laughs> did he say that to everyone that on the force until it's like? Oh God, here's Callahan with his <laughs> fucking four lines, <laughs> five five shots or only six lines. Dude, we
2: get it, man. Hey Harry. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about that shit you say right before you kill somebody. Yeah. What about it? <laughs> What if you said it like this, and you took this word out? I was like, I'm thinking word economy, man. It's kind of if... it's kind of wordy. Can yeah. you cut it down? Trimmed it down to like 10 seconds. What do you mean? Like six shots are only five? Yeah, perfect. Yeah, say that. <laughs> that's... God damn it. That's great, Johnson. I can't wait to get out there and kill some piece of shit. <laughs> that's actually what I have as worst line. I was okay. able to pull a worst line. What was this. the worst line? Just him constantly repeating that. Yeah. It's not... I mean, he only does it twice. He does it twice. But he the first to book in the movie. Yeah, the first time is effective the, and it's great and it's cool and it's how iconic is that? And right? you know, at the end of the movie,
3: his gun still has one more round. Yeah. you know, because he's got to take him out. But and it just yeah, it's like all right, it, we, get see, it, man. Better, we get it. See, what would have worked better, dude? What would have worked better he for me? He doesn't. You, I don't think he uses that line throughout the rest of the no, franchise. It, no, he only says No, it's a it's new, just, it's a new catchphrase of yeah. the movie.
2: What would have worked <laughs> better is at the end if he'd have shot him and then and just said. And then walked off.
3: I still got one more, you son of a yeah, bitch. Yeah, just like. But what's funny is, is I, what, pur- illusion, I specifically yeah. counted that scene and the end scene to make sure that he and it was
2: right. Nice. That's
3: nice. I, I mean, didn't even it, think to continuity. Do that. You have if you're going to do that, someone's going to come back behind you, going, "Mm-hmm, Yep. Um, next. actually, he uh, fired he seven fired shots. He fired
2: seven, and his gun would have been <laughs> and out, never, and he never reloaded. So, uh. <laughs> I think I
3: think what's funny is, it, it's really funny when he finally shoots Scorpio at the end. It's like he shot a hole the size of Ohio in him when he, before he falls into the lake. The cesspool. Yeah.
2: yeah. If you uh, well, is he dead? Is he all right? <laughs> so I had my favorite line. I had my worst line. I actually had a favorite scene, and um, it's there in the middle. You, we talked about it with the lighting. Mm-hmm. It's after they get finished running through uh, all the shadow dark. Areas of whatever that stadium was right in Oakland. It's when they're actually on the field, and then the lights kick up, and then there's that helicopter. Obviously, helicopter filmed right pullback. That's pretty badass. That is pretty cool. And um, Siegel, I watched on. The, not to steal anything of your trivia. I hope it's not in there, but it's there probably. But Siegel did that because it's it's like that's a gladiatorial. That's where the gladiators, our modern gladiators, play. Well, yeah, and then it's this good. This force of good and this force of evil evil. are squaring off. I love how he stands on his leg. Yeah. Ah, Oh, his pain, his pain shrieks are terrible. ADR.
3: Yeah. It's It's, not great. There are bits and pieces. But visually, that's visually
2: that's my favorite thing. Is that that epic, that big pullback. Mm -hmm. If you had a magic wand, something you would change about. Dirty Harry, Dirty Harry, magic wand. What did I use the forty-four, Harry? That was a terrible Gandalf. Not Gandalf. <laughs> What's his name? What's his nut? From... Ian McKellen. Yeah, but he's he's not in Harry Potter. <laughs> use, use the force, Harry. <laughs> Are you thinking of the
3: uh, three different ways to piss off nerds? Yeah. And,
2: yeah. All right. Sorry.
3: That's all right. It's great. I had that as nothing. I I no I did, magic wand. I, if you could make one change to the film, what would it be? Either I forgot, which is probably more likely, or I couldn't think of anything and didn't write nothing. Because normally, if I can't think of anything, I'll at least say I couldn't think of anything. Sure. There's a very good possibility that I did not give a shit at this moment in time when I was filling out the rest of. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I had. So what would you do? Would you change something? I have two things, actually. So I'll I'll use yours and I'll use mine. Um, lighting, for sure. Okay. This movie's very dark. Kinda it looks uh very similar to Mean Streets when it's there's, dark.
3: It's like something like it's like stark, there's
2: stark contrasts between Day and night. Yeah. And then the nighttime, the shade stuff, it's not like it's it's not well lit enough to show you that it's dark and it just looks like they didn't have proper lighting. Right. I Again, mean, what the f do I know? I'm not no one. Is gonna ever call you anything. You are I've, not
3: Dean Cundy. correct?
2: Or <laughs> no whoever the
3: DP was. In no this one. Film. No
2: one will ever call anything I've ever done iconic. And this movie is definitely iconic in several ways. But the right. li- the lighting, it's it's just. And also, I'm sure my TV kind of sucks. But when they're in they're in the dark, when they're in the shadows, it's a little. It looks rapey. It looks like <laughs> snuff filmy. What's your what 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 feeling it's, are you going for? I'm going for rapey. If you could describe your lighting technique in one word, what would it be? Rapey. I'd have to say, rapey, Don, Soul, you're the man. What do you feel? Um, what do you think? The other thing I would do, do is you agree. <laughs> I, I would I would cut thirty minutes out of it.
3: I would cut fifteen. It's it's an hour and forty two minutes. I think a solid ninety minutes. Okay, we'll tell yeah. the story without that. A problem. That makes more
2: sense. But and I you... was also drunk when I watched it, so I'm just shooting from the hips. So I would I would cut it to it. I'd either make it a good two hour, like Godfather y type. Which I think is more like three hours. Uh,
3: two hour Godfather was this part one
2: <laughs> in on TV. <laughs> you know what I mean, like a good yes, like a Bond movie. Yes, that's like. But two, those, those sometimes. two plus. Yeah, those sometimes not run a, three. a bit
3: long. So I think yeah, I think Godfather's like a I'd three either on average. I'd either
2: make it two and like a solid two or like you said, cut it back to ninety ninety five. Like minutes. so, thirty minutes is too long. But cut maybe the 15 fat. To Twenty. Yeah, cut the fat or the. Whatever the boring, dry parts of this movie are, which a lot of the time is just walking. Do you have a favorite scene though? Like that was, specifically, that that was the stage. Oh, it was the, the pullback, the chopper pullback. Yeah. Um, so those are two things I would change. Um, just some of the lighting, the dark, the nighttime or shade, the the shadow lighting. It's like, yeah, it and was then a little trim it down a bit. Oh, it's,
3: it's harsh, or I can't see very well. Can you turn the lights up just a little bit? Nope, that doesn't work. <laughs> Oh, shit.
0: Six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth, in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But Ian, this is a .44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off. You've got to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah that's that's cold that's cold
3: uh how could i not pick that as the best scene of the movie because it kind of encapsulates the dirty hairy character in three minutes
2: i guess black you know? lives don't matter to him <laughs> they happened to be black while they
3: were robbing the bank unfortunately they yes. weren't white the serial killer however mind you is white is white <laughs> um, uh, my thought process when I saw that scene I'm like I hadn't watched it in a while just watching it from beginning and I'm like if this had been made today or even just like 10 years ago I think that the guy who's just laying down there already been shot once chamber, chamber's empty yeah yeah and then probably would have said rather than son of a bitch he probably would have said
2: motherfucker <laughs> Do you think that guy pooped his pants right after Harry pulled the trigger?
3: Uh, oh, I think he pooped his pants after he got shot in the same, like... Possibly, yeah. Like, he was projected. He, like... You know?
2: Projectile shot? Yeah. <laughs> he was shot three feet away, and that's right. where he landed. <laughs> Callahan, this man shit himself. Not before I shot him. <laughs> oh... Um, <laughs> Uh, I I'm trying to I'm trying to marry this with uh, unforgiven real quick but uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell
3: of a thing shitting in your pants it's a, it's a hell of a thing <laughs> shitting a man
2: <laughs> you dirty all his pants and all the pants he's going to have <laughs> I don't know it just it's close it's yeah there's something
3: there's a, something you, there I'll give you a B minus for okay, that okay thanks
2: one. just for effort yeah thanks you get a B minus for effort <laughs> <laughs> all right here's here's a stupid question if you could recast the lead,
3: I know exactly. I know it's a stupid question. I know who I would pick, and then I told my wife, who hasn't been given uh, a proper title name like. Special I thought her name Game was. Stars. I thought
2: her name was Lisa Sixpack. Yes, that's it what is. I've been going. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, if you've got a good one, then let me go with my crazy ones. Because okay. a to to be um, to be legit, I don't think it's possible. No, this not is really. Those, this
3: is a, well, we just wrote this screenplay today, right? God, man, this is really racist. Can you tone
2: this down some? <laughs> it is wholly Clint Eastwood. The same way Roland from The Dark Tower is based off Clint Eastwood. It's, right. it's meant for one person. That being said, um, there are two people that I think could do a serviceable, albeit kind of odd, okay. performance of it. And that would be Doug Bradley. He played Pinhead.
3: Yeah, I don't know. Just, I not, mean, I could see Pinhead, but take I can't see, take away all the, the pomp I can't and see circumstance. Pinhead as
2: dirty hair. <laughs> um, <laughs> but okay. he could be he could be very austere like mm-hmm. that, you know. Um, but I think if you're going to go a little grittier, a little more realistic, and I kind of already did it with Manhunter, but that'd be William Peterson. Okay, he I could, could see William Peterson. He could be a version, and he, Over I mean, again, in Manhunter, he kind of was. Yes, but. Um, and I also picked Pinhead because um, Kirsty's dad from Pinhead, uh, from Hellraiser, is the Scorpio Killer. Oh, the guy at the end with the Jesus web. That's that's her dad. So those those are the pe- two people that I would just if you know you put a gun to my head choose. That's one of those two. Who who is a good one or a better one that you, <laughs> that you chose? I liked my
3: choice. Uh, Lisa was not so sure, but um, she's not a huge. Cl- Eastwood fan like I am. Really? Uh, not like I am. Why did you marry her? I don't know. Okay. She doesn't dislike him, but J.K. Lisa. <laughs> uh, this guy's been playing a Southern Clint Eastwood in a show called Justified for oh. six epi- for six seasons, and his name is Timothy Oliphant. I
2: love Timothy Oliphant.
3: He's kind of he's got the look, he's got the attitude, he's got the swagger, and he even played an Eastwood-like character in an animated movie called Rango, where he his his character's title was Spirit of the West. It was kind of like a cameo. It's a very small role. But he's playing somebody that you would think would be Eastwood, but it wasn't Eastwood, and they oh, okay. got they got Timothy to do the voice.
2: Does he do an Eastwood voice? In yeah. The movie? Oh, okay. Yeah,
3: and he does it pretty well, too. So that's who I – if I had to recast uh, Dirty Harry today, that's who I would go, yep, yeah, let's go with this guy. I um, have someone else – for our other movie here in a little bit. I'm sure I do. And you'd still have to age him another 40 years, 30, 40 years, but
2: way back when, uh, probably 10 odd years ago, uh, super listener, Jonathan Wessenberg and I were talking about who would be a good Roland in the dark tower movie if they ever made one. Okay. Um,
3: because you kind of see Eastwood when you're reading it. Well, you're supposed to. Yeah, that, you're, that's who yeah. He's,
2: that's who Roland is based on. like right. I said earlier, but Wessenberg suggested Timothy. Not Oliphant. Idris Elba. <laughs> no, Idris Elba's a great. He, <laughs> I've not seen it. I'm okay. Anyone with who's it. read
3: the book would realize it's weird. It's weird. Just, I
2: don't dislike Idris Elba. It's just personality-wise, he's perfect. I just don't want to watch that. Movie. Visually, he's it's quite different. But Wessenberg suggested yes. Timothy Oliphant would be a good Roland based on Justified. Yeah. So that's a good pick. He's
3: kind of been a. I like that. Like he's been a. And he's funny, Southern too. He's, got, yes. he's in that show. He has on, that uh, dry delivery. He's got good dry delivery. He's uh, kind of grizzled.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. It's Netflix. been a little while. If you guys so haven't watched that, that, it's a very good show. If you like I've any seen the
3: first season. I did not comedic horror. get into the it's second good. season yet. That's,
2: it's so good. good. I'm looking forward, okay. looking forward to that coming back.
3: Some trivia. Okay, we know what the original title was. That was Dead Right. Mm. Yes. We know about the directing, that he directed that scene that was supposed to take six nights. He did it in one, which is... You know, what, it was about, like, hey.
2: what about it was supposed to take six nights? Uh,
3: I think it's just due to the surrounding and everything that was involved, and it was on a crane, and the location just was like, I'm not sure with... I mean, I didn't see the original script. Maybe the script was longer, and he was like, we got to cut this down. I don't think this needs to be as long. Oh,
2: okay, okay.
3: Let's do this in one night, and he was like, I can do it, because he's... Clint, Get out of my way. Because he's Clint motherfucking <laughs> Eastwood, you know? <laughs> I don't know if you knew that, but that was his mental you gotta name. you got to ask yourself one question. <laughs> Did he shoot six reels or only five? He shot one. Because <laughs> I'm Eastwood. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead with your uh, No, it's okay. Uh, a police department, it's called riffing. Yeah. A police department in the Philippines ordered uh, a print of the movie for use as a training film.
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> don't go to don't the, go Philipp- to the Phil- Philippines. That's why they flog people there when they steal stop signs. Holy shit. Uh, When Harry
3: finally meets Scorpio in Mount Davidson Park, Scorpio orders him to show his gun with his left hand. Harry pulls it from his holster and Scorpio ad-libs the line. My, that's a big one. This line caused the crew to crack up and the scene had to be reshot, but the line stayed. (laughs) Because it works. Yeah. Because he's just like, you're not expecting him to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, "Oh, hey, well, that's suggestive, but that's really funny." <laughs> uh Eastwood performed all of his own stunts, including the stunt where he jumps onto the roof of the hijacked school bus. I was wondering from the bridge. That's cool. Uh his face is clearly visible throughout the shot.
2: Yeah, he ain't doing that shit now though. Yeah. <laughs> and he so that that Now he's just transporting walnuts <laughs> in <It> his ass. <laughs> that uh So that means he was in the the fire truck. Yeah. The, the, well, the fire truck.
3: Well, not just that. This was him jumping from that bridge onto
2: the roof of the bus.
3: He jumped off of that. But yeah, to you me, would imagine he's got to be. To me, it would be scary. He's doing to be, everything.
2: To me, it would be scarier to be in the aerial ladder. The I agree.
3: Uh, original draft of the script was uh, set in New York City when Clint Eastwood and Don Siegel became involved. Uh, they initially planned to relocate the film to Seattle. I remember that uh, in
2: the bonus stuff. Yeah.
3: Only because Seattle hadn't been. In much of anything, but they, they ultimately decided on San Francisco. Okay, which is near because Eastwood was born in Frisco and he's from the Bay Area. So, and
2: I, I like that about him. I like, I like. He kind of keeps it. He keeps his stories. He keeps his stories if he can, in the Bay Area. Yeah, I like that.
3: Uh, he helped popularize uh, the Smith and Wesson Model Twenty Nine Forty Four Magnum <laughs> what
2: you're gonna Revolver. What you're going to say just abject murdering of people. <laughs> he popularized white justice. <laughs>
3: No, he didn't. No. Uh, Yeah, there was just a huge upswing in sales. I'll bet. I can't imagine why. Uh, 44 Magnum round is not considered to be a practical caliber for for urban police force due to recoil, which makes target reacquisition difficult. (laughs) Hold on. Stand still. Uh, And over-penetration issues, which greatly increase the likelihood of the bullet going through its target and injuring bystanders.
2: It shoots through schools. (laughs) Uh,
3: And then Eastwood objected to the end of the film when Harry throws his badge away after killing uh, the Scorpio killer, arguing with the director, Don Siegel, that Harry knew that being a policeman was the only work for which he was suited. And indeed, the sequel, Magnum Force, begins with Harry still on the force. Uh, with no indication that he ever quit, Siegel eventually convinced Eastwood that Harry threw his badge away as a symbol that he had lost faith in the justice system. I can kind of see that. Again, I can see
2: why Eastwood would be like, it's right? It's not something, I yeah, I don't feel it either. It's it's f- not- it
3: feels weakly symbolic you, now. you know who else ripped that off? I'm sure I know, but I... I don't know at this very moment. Johnny Utah. Oh, that's right. And I think I made reference to it going, Is he Eastwood throwing his badge like in Dirty Harry? I I said something very similar to that, but yeah. What a tangled, I made that
2: observation. What a tangled spider web. Hey, is why don't you go back to bunch uh of shows. Yeah. That was Callahan's Johnny Utah moment. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That, that you may need to put that down for future episodes is one of the Johnny Utah moment.
2: It was a real Johnny Utah moment. Don't oh, right. <laughs> It's got a steel trap. Uh,
3: okay. In your favorite part, alternative cast selections. Oh,
2: yes, 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 yes. yes.
3: Uh, turned down, Lee Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> I could kind of see it, actually. No reason was cited. He just turned it down. He's just goes, oh, no. not, he's not sexy. No. He's the only thing. No. Um, Steve McQueen. Didn't want to do another cop film specifically in San Francisco. Sure. Uh, Paul Newman and Burt Lancaster both turned it down due to it was a little too right wing. Are they lefties, I guess? I guess. Especially in 70, this was very right wing. You know, very conservative. In in
2: 2019, it's pretty conservative, (laughs) too.
3: Yeah, George C. Scott felt the film was too violent. <laughs> Patton felt the film was too violent. Right. Okay. And Frank okay. Sinatra, during contract negotiations, found the gun too heavy as he had broken his arm eight years previously. <gasps> eight years. Mm-hmm. Old Blue Eyes can't f- pick up a gun after eight years. You want to know who suggested Eastwood? Sinatra? Paul Newman. Yeah? Yeah. So when Frank Sinatra and Irvin Kirshner, director of... uh.
2: Never say never
3: again. And uh, The Empire Strikes Back, we're still attached to the project. James Kahn was under consideration for the role of Scorpio.
2: Ah. Uh, see, I could see Jimmy Kahn as dirty Harry. Yeah. But not as uh, Scorpio. Not as Scorpio. But definitely not Sinatra. And this is a year before Godfather hits, so. I'm trying to come up with a line to do my Sinatra impression, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, six shots or only five? Tell yourself now. Ask it. Go. <laughs> That's a shitty, shitty, shitty impression of my impression of Phil Hartman's impression of Frank Sinatra.
3: Doing James <laughs> Conn. <laughs> As James Conn. You're welcome. Right. Uh, can you provide a better or at least uh, comparable recommendation of the same genre? Let me see. Um, what was the TV show that ripped off Dirty Harry that was a comedic? Yeah, take a Sledgehammer? Yes, thank you. Sledgehammer. I'm glad that you could looking. pull that right out of your brain cuz I was not there.
2: So, uh in scouring my notes Nathan, I don't seem to have a similar or equal to. I don't know if like you I did or forgot to do it. I don't I'm, know. I'm going to say die hard. He's
3: an anti-hero. D-
2: anti-hero and he reinvents the genre and that's the yeah. best I can do off the top. You like
3: of John McClane more than you like Dirty Harry in in many respects.
2: Absolutely. Um, but
3: I'm just it's going. I'm, I'm, I'm
2: going on singular guy. You wouldn't have of the genre. Die Hard.
3: You wouldn't have Lethal Weapon. You wouldn't have a lot of these
2: that's, movies now. That's what I have later in my final um, thoughts. But yeah, what's a similar, the thing. What's I, similar What's similar? Equal to you?
3: In all honesty, it was it was real easy. It's just another Dirty Harry movie. <laughs> Which one? The second one? Magnaforce. Uh, it's the second film in the series. I think it's a better story, or at least to me, I think it's more interesting. He's got to fight dirty cops because now he's fighting the system inside. Yep. That's nice. And it's like, you guys have a problem with me now. Wait till I come after you. (laughs) I don't execute people. You know? Yeah. There is a standard that and rules that he follows.
2: They're just his own.
3: It's just his own, but he's not necessarily going against all rules. Where magnum force you start to deal with a lot of new cops that are brought in and they're all just like, let's just kill them all just kill them all yeah and so Metallica's from the Bay Area plus he's more he's a little more humanized in
2: magnum force. You think that's his doing or
3: I don't know. Is did Siegel do he that did, one too? Uh no. Ted Post, which was another uh Western director okay. that had done some films with Eastwood before. Because Eastwood doesn't direct uh Dirty Harry until he does the fourth film, which was sudden impact and that was like I think eighty three. Was that eighty three? There's a, there's that a, was the go-ahead, make-my-day. It took them four movies before he, the, you actually got the
2: go-ahead, make-my-day. That's day. what I love about the Dirty Harry franchise. He kind of had a... he had a, Well, he had a slogan for each movie. Yeah. No one... I, well, maybe people do. I don't know. This, this wasn't... The Dirty Harry franchise isn't really on my radar. It's right. Like, it's not a movie not that I come back to a significant. lot. Significant. But you think he says all this shit in, in one movie, and it's each one... Is different. Yeah. Does it still hold up? Absolutely.
3: I had mostly. Hard... <laughs> well, I I say absolutely. I look down. I'm like ah. For the most part, yes. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely,
2: mostly, kind of, kind sort of, of, yeah. I had a hard time noting this movie visually for me. It kind of straddles the 60s cop movie and the 70s cop movie. And socially, it was kind of. It was definitely. It was a kind of, sort of, maybe. uh Definitely, maybe uh a move toward the outsider cop.
3: Yeah, it's definitely the, breaking that ground. The in Batman movie. kind
2: of vigilante cop mm-hmm. thing. Um, Where
3: yeah, if you're gonna do a. The way it should be done, I'll just go and make my own rules.
2: As a as a blue yeah as a blueprint for the next f- thirty years. anyway. Yeah. you got it's through the late nineties. Yeah, I mean even like they started to like uh, what's the what's the um, Chris Tucker movie where he's the Dirty Harry and they're they're basically parodying. You talking about Rush Hour? Chris the bl- Tucker, it's the first Rush Hour with movie, I think. with uh, Jackie Chan. Yeah, I think. Okay. I think. I don't know. I've not seen it. I just saw the clip where they. The oh boss, yeah, okay. The boss hauls him in and he starts bitching at him because he destroyed all the evidence. Yes. There's, there's a little bit left. Yeah. That's it's it's by that point it's it's like the James Bond. That's thing that a that's
3: a let's take Dirty Harry, mix it in with a little bit of Beverly Hills Cop, and then mix it in towards the end of the '90s with Jackie Chan and some martial arts. Maybe
2: they won't notice that. Yeah. We we've ripped these. off everything here. <laughs> it's still played even through the late '90s. You know. Yeah, I, I think that.
3: The way I put where it's like most of it holds up, what doesn't hold up are the harsher racial tones and a little more difficult to choke down.
2: And Yes,
3: for sure. It was common in the 70s. Absolutely. This was was very normal and watching it now going, maybe pull back a little bit on that line. (laughs) Unless
2: you're satirizing it, yes. Well, yeah.
3: And I wouldn't even consider this movie a racist movie in any way, in all honesty. It isn't. But
2: it's but unsettling. Saying that, we are both cisgender white. white men, so take that with a grain of salt that it is. <laughs> it,
3: it's a bit unsettling to realize that this was just the kind of world that operated at that time. That they didn't pull punches. They spoke about people of color and other ethnicities. I think I would have had a hard time showing these films to someone in their 20s who was just like right out of high school going, hey – Come on, buddy. Let's sit down. Let's wash some some dirty (laughs) Harry.
2: I don't see that happening. For more than one reason, because that sounds super creepy. I'm like you. I think think for the most part, it still holds up. It's sort of like a comic book. It is. They actually made it a comic book. Did they? I read somewhere. That sounds vaguely familiar. I would read that. I would read it in a graphic novel. Since. Yeah, I don't know that. That's I'd the
3: kind of the same thing. I don't know if buy it every it every novels Tuesday. and comic
2: books. Well, you're not going to buy
3: it every month, but you'll buy it in its, you know. I'll buy three months' version worth, yeah, in, in one volume, yeah. Where I look like more of an adult. You'll buy the trade paperback version, is what you're saying.
2: <laughs> as long as there's
3: a bunch of pictures,
2: yeah. right? They're still there. Um. Yeah, it's like you said. It, it spawned four sequels over two decades. It's got its dry parts, but it sets the tone for cop movies going forward. And really, to this day, I I probably watch it once every ten years. It's not that rewatchable to we'll me. We'll see
3: you again in twenty twenty nine when we review Magnum Force.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, but I do, I it does, it did it does make it does make me interested enough to watch the sequels. So, and it's funny that you mention comic books now.
3: I can't remember where I read it, but it says watching the first Dirty Harry for the, f- for the first time today is like reading Marvel's early 60s Spider-Man movies <laughs> or listening to the first Van Halen album. So many of the fundamental genre codes and conventions are there, ready to be followed like a blueprint. Dirty Harry became the blueprint for the modern action movie. He really did. Yeah, he did. You know, it laid the foundation for all the stereotypes, good and bad. That exists today: the loose cannon police detective, the crotchety super uh, superior officers, the uh, the cackling sleazeball criminals, and the catchphrases. I mean, you can't you can't not see Arnold Schwarzenegger doing anything if he hadn't had Dirty Harry as a reference point for any of his n- later '80s and '90s movies. John McClane. Yeah, John McClane. Do you Riggs. have Martin Riggs? all of those things didn't exist. It's very enjoy it's a very enjoyable time capsule kind of movie. You get to pop that in and go that's what was going on in 71. You know, it, it laid claim to the first anti-hero of American cinema and made Clint Eastwood as well as Dirty Harry a household name.
2: <laughs> Come here, girl. Stop! let go. What you looking at, old man?
0: Ever knows how you come across somebody once in a while you, you shouldn't have messed with? That's me. Are you crazy, man? Get out of here, man. Dad, you worked hard your whole life. I Maybe mean, it's time you started thinking about taking it easier. These places are nothing like what you'd think they'd no, be. No. They're great. For- Kicking us out on his birthday. I told you this was a bad idea. What the hell these Chinese have to move in this neighborhood for? <sighs> Dorothy mentioned specifically that it was her desire for you to go to confession. And I confess that I have no desire to confess to a boy that's just out of the seminary. Thank you. I heard there was some trouble in the neighborhood. Why didn't you call the police? I prayed that they would show up, but nobody answered. Why are you bringing me all this garbage, anyway?
3: Because you saved how? I
0: didn't save anybody.
3: You're a hero to the neighborhood.
0: I'm not a hero.
3: We're having barbecue. You want to come over? We've got beer, too.
0: I might as well drink with strangers. Those guys who were here the other night. What about them? Just a gang. It here the You stay away from me, because if I have to come back here again, it's gonna be ugly. What was it like to kill a man? You don't wanna know. Tao and Sue are never gonna find peace in this world. As long as that gang's around. What are you gonna do, Walt? Whatever it
3: is, they won't have a chance. Crack open a PBR for Walt (laughs) Kozlowski.
2: Polish, sir? Uh, If you watch the movie, you'd know this. I had actually never seen this movie. Until El Camino. (laughs) How much funnier would it be if that's what the car was?
3: (laughs) I got some things to say about that. A little bit later it'll be funny. I think maybe. Um so Hey, welcome back in. Welcome back. I know the wait was long.
2: Almost instantaneous. But we for, ordered lunch. That's uh seconds to you and me, Russ. Yeah. Gran Torino.
3: This
2: is this
3: is a fitting bookend of the Eastwood Tough Guy. I need to learn some lessons before I die, kind of thing. Until the mule. I've not seen it. I yet. haven't seen it either. I've not heard the best things about it. Oh, really? I've not heard the worst things. It's just I've heard that it's a little subpar for Eastwood's quality of work, but
2: well, He was born uh, in 39, correct? Man, he's he's old. Yeah.
3: He's like 89 or 90. He was born old. He's another one of those dudes he was born old. He was born in 1930. He's 30, he's he's, okay. he's he's very he's he's 10 he's about very, 10 years He's very uh, He's very old. 100. He's very old. I don't know if you know this, but he, he's what has been old for like thirty years. and all but now he's really getting. There. Is he vegan?
2: Like I know he he takes- is
3: very health conscious about his diet, and that's one of the reasons why he keeps on trucking. Apparently, that's why he's not dead yet. Yeah,
2: I did. I I,
3: I read re- that about twenty years ago. that He's very smart. What in- was the
2: movie that you were telling me some years ago? He was they were filming a water scene. Somebody was in the water. And she was having problems delivering the lines or something with a direction. And he said, God damn it. And he jumped in the water. As the director, he jumped in the water and swam out to her and said, look, you say this and this and this and this. And then he swam back and then they did the.
3: I don't know that does not ring a I don't bell remember but I wonder it if it was, was like mystic river or something I don't know it was recent I think within the last 10 or 15 years it could have been
2: that but I don't I'm know not that, sure I didn't read anything in trivia was it something that he was in no he was a well he, he was he just the director he might have been in it I don't know um but no I didn't <laughs> I didn't read anything in trivia about him personally whether he's vegan or not but it would make sense I know if he he's was. very health conscious
3: yeah. and he's been that way for 20 or 30 years specifically because he's just
2: Doesn't want to die.
3: Yeah. However, Walt is not a very health-conscious fellow. Because we're drinking some PBRs that he kind of emptied his cooler on. Send one up. (laughs) Send one up for Walt.
2: Yeah. Fire it up.
3: But this is very much a kind of like a bookend of the tough guy for Eastwood. Because he hasn't really played anything like this since. Just like Unforgiven was the last Western he's done. Which, thank God.
2: I mean, and what a way! I mean, to, yeah, we what need a to way do, to we end need, it. We need to do Unforgiven. At some yeah,
3: Unforgiven will probably come in four. Season four is my assumption. It's just a
2: matter of what to pair it with. I think it almost gets paired episode with, by itself. Yeah. The, the what I noticed straight up about this movie, and Eastwood is an amazing director. I yeah, lo- I love him. He's got a good eye. He for, does. As an actor, he's sort of a two or three trick pony. Yeah. But and he knows that he yeah, knows that. Like
3: like we've discussed before, there are actors that stay in their lanes, and he stays in his lane. He knows what he can do, and he knows what he can't do.
2: Yeah. He. This is another example of him having to say nothing, and you know really? all you need to know about yeah. this character. Oh, this guy's a racist asshole. Straight up, oh. you can just tell that. I mean, he's and then and, he talks, and you're like, "Yep, yep. I knew it. <laughs> Confirmed it. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> Kill." <laughs> He's a good he's a good facial actor.
3: Yes. All he has to do is sit there and kinda of stare at you. Yeah. And it's either I'm just looking at you or I'm looking through you. Yeah. Some people wish that that this had been his final Dirty Harry movie and I'm like, only if maybe he quit the force and moved out to Detroit to like work
2: <laughs> in a factory. That'll come cards. up later. That'll come up later you on know? my side of things, yeah. But that was the well, to take one of the things away from my trivia, that was the rumored that it was going to be the final Dirty Harry movie. Yeah. Uh, Harry wasn't... Harry Callahan wasn't a racist. He wasn't a
3: bigot. And not not like... Especially... If he was, like he wasn't Walt. like this. No. No. But, you know, the fe- the 70s films were very much a product of its times. And so this is kind of like, I'm going to put this to rest. Here's <laughs> my final chapter. Sure. I'm going to close the book
2: on this one. On this 70s era? Yeah. But- you talked about, not to make it a political joke, but you talked about Dirty Harry being a right-wing movie. <laughs> so is Walt. <laughs>
3: Walt, Walt in, his, in himself is a right-wing movie. Uh, I know that that Walt is a crotchet old fart, but every time I watch this film, the grandkids and their complete disinterest and disrespect towards their grandfather... Just really pisses me off. It does, but I will I understand that if they haven't made if he and and they in general haven't made that connection, I understand why there's that disconnect. There's yeah, I'm but, with you. I feel like But I'm still I'm Walt's my protagonist of this movie, regardless. So of whether you side or not. with him baseline? No, but he's the protagonist of the movie, regardless. Sure. So you he's, side with him baseline. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Uh <laughs> but I just watch that and I just go, oh I never talked to my grandfather like that. I never brought these things up like that. No. But I never had Clint Eastwood as my grandfather either. <laughs> I had a much more gentle soul than, there's, there's, than this guy here. There's Good two Lord.
2: sides to it, yeah. And he is an unfeeling, un unsensitive, no, insensitive Cur- curmudgeon is to put it nicely. Right. So he doesn't put out a lot of feel-good vibes that his grandkids would even... Take up to return, but that in return, I didn't get on too well with my grandfather. But I always showed him a a modicum Um, of respect. respect. Yeah, because that's how I was raised, and and that's that's the message I think in this movie is that the generation gap and the way and the double generation gap between a father and his kids and then a grandfather and his grandkids when they're just in great. I don't think they would be called millennials at the time because what is this? 09? I think movie? it's 08 or not oh nine. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, the, the it's term, about a, It's about a decade ago. Yeah, the the term millennial wasn't really bandied about back then. But no, that's that's what it, the the there was disconnect. Yeah, the older generation always pisses on the the newer generation, yeah, and it's just it's the way. It's and the been.
3: newer generation showed disinterest in the older generation because they were old and their music sucks. Right. <laughs> hey, go back and take a listen. You Bobby might 23 be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they cast Tao's cousin and, and the gangster kids like perfectly because I knew kids like that when I was in high school growing up. Oh, yeah? They weren't necessarily in gangs, but they, they had that super intimidating vibe going for them.
2: In and the, and the, and all seriousness, do you mean like rough and just tough the, asian kids or do you not mean- necessarily
3: asian the kids that i would be talking about would be latino they would be mexican okay but they still had that same attitude and so whatever he specifically was looking for to fill those roles sure. just he hit the nail on the head in my opinion they just they they reeked that i don't know much but let me see if i can I know like, violence. T- I know violence, and I know that my gun fires more bullets than, than your gun. We didn't have anybody. We had little. And it wasn't gun violence where I grew up either, but there's just I knew guys in high school that just whether they were wannabe gangsters, uh-huh. but they still felt just like those kids that Tao
2: and his cousins that he has to kind of push off. We didn't have anybody quite so dangerous. There were a couple, but they were, they were sort of, uh, I wouldn't say loners, just white trash, s- right, scag motherfuckers. <laughs> there, there were a couple, and there was one in each grade, but they weren't. Compared to what happens nowadays in schools, they weren't. They're were nothing, right? Know? But I and you grew up in a vast, the coast, yeah, yeah, in a vastly different place than yeah. I did, which is odd because this takes place in Detroit, which is only about four hours north of where I grew up, right? But this is a patient movie, yeah. You got to. You have to wait for the payoff, but there's you... always. I feel like with an Eastwood movie, up until this one, each kind of scene or sequence is a. It's like a fun character study. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's they're always interesting to watch. Yeah, because he doesn't he doesn't cast flash in the pan kind of actresses or actors. He typically casts people that know what the Usually. they're doing. Usually.
3: Or he just does
2: two takes and then he's done. <laughs> does that, one where he's like, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Do All it I again. Have... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let me ask a question. Do we do six takes or only five? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's probably more accurate. Uh, I feel, uh, I don't know. Do you think he's a shoot it till it's right or do you
3: think he's... Oh, he is a... not a shoot it till it's right. I think that he doesn't rehearse and he has his crew, not crew, he has his cast... Rehearse and he shoots the rehearsal, and then nine times out of ten, the rehearsal is the final print, which sometimes works really well. And a lot of the actors, actors like that because it's kind of raw, and- right? But sometimes there's also the hey, you know, that baby that you're bouncing around that's supposed to be a newborn, and you're supposed to be a little more gentle with it. That looks like a doll. <laughs> that's in um, American Sniper or whatever it was that he did in like 2011 or oh, 2012. He did that movie? Yeah, it's just it looks it doesn't look real. And so sometimes it's just like, all right, we're do- this is the third time. It, do- all right, we're done. Just do it. Yeah, we're just, we're just done. I think what really what really frustrates me in this movie, I'm like, do you blame Walt for his attitude towards his sons if they decided to to wait until they're like in their mid fifties to develop a relationship with him? No. Like they know his dad. They know him more than his grandkids do. I'll I'll give like what you said. I'll give them credit. I'll to well. He's just, a hard man young. to love. He's a hard man to love. They're in their fifties. He. They should know their father. Call it what it is. Right. Yep. And the fact that you know, who just calls up their dad randomly, going, "Hey, do you know so and so that that works for Ford still that can get us the season tickets to the Lions?" Dude, seriously, who wants? Lions season tickets.
2: I would go watch the Lions. I, play. <laughs> well, if you it, live if, if, if you're you live, in the '50s, if do you, you still dude, if you live in Detroit, any old port in a storm, dude. I mean, maybe maybe they're playing the 49ers this week. Maybe I'll see, maybe maybe I'll see a good team play. <laughs> <laughs> Are the Patriots playing this
3: week? It'd be great. Uh, no, I didn't I get, think about any port in the storm, but yeah, yeah, it's it's, uh, it's that's my that's I find that frustrating because yes he's a hard man to love but you could work your way around those situations you would think or i don't you could know. just take the high road yeah yeah that's just but what what really makes the movie start to move is when sue who's the the sister next door just kind of sees through Walt's bullshit and just keeps pestering him until he breaks down yeah that's what's fun to watch is she's a, oh yeah, she's great she is great she's just like i'm not i don't i don't nope not taking it don't Let's, don't care oh and i love how he's just you got food it's great was it good food well it's mung food of course it's good <laughs> and then he goes to go i don't know i need another b-, and then he opens up the cooler and it's empty yeah you know, all of the cans of like pbr are just sitting there and he's just like we've all we there. got beer <laughs>
2: Oh all right! I, I might as well come over. He probably hadn't eaten
3: anything since the day
2: before. <laughs> she's <laughs> she is one of the most lovable characters. Like instantly, yes, when you meet her, mm-hmm. like she was a great. I don't know that I've seen her in anything else, but I also don't watch a lot of new movies.
3: No, I don't. And she probably was. I'll I'll be honest with you. She definitely steals most of the scenes that she's in with Eastwood, especially over. Uh, B. Vank and the guy who plays the young priest, they're, in my opinion... Afraid a, of him? Yeah, they're afraid of him or a little more inexperienced just in general, whether on a professional level of I'm an actor and I got to share a scene with Eastwood or, you know, I'm just, I'm not great and I'm new, but this innocence is, somehow is playing pl- through and working well, but she just, she shines in
2: every scene that she has. She really does, yeah, is there something for you that doesn't work?
3: Um okay. I think the kid that they got to play Tao and then the father Genovich Eastwood is notoriously known, like I said, for doing like a couple of takes, and I honestly feel that the performances of Tao and the guy who playing the young red headed father could have benefited from two or three more. Let's do it again. You feel a little stiff. It's not flowing and it doesn't feel natural yet. I think that if he had sat down with both of them and said, you feel like you're intimidated by me because I'm Clint Eastwood and you're not. (laughs) You know, let's do this. Let's read this line again. All right, let's do it again. All right, it's it's starting to get there. Let's 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 read it again. All right, now I think we're at where we need to be. <clears throat> That's to me what doesn't work. It feels like the guy that they got Tao and and the and the priest just feel like it was their first role, right? Like a big thing. Yeah, I that, see that. that 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 doesn't
2: work, and I think that would benefit from a few more takes. Personally, a couple of things jumped out to me. We kinda of mentioned it earlier. Eastwood stays in his lane, so it it's not It's not a Yeah, I shouldn't even really mention it, but it's he's he's trying to have a little more humanity to it, but everything he does is a little bit it's a blend of Dirty Harry or right. William Money. Right. And but that's the charm with Eastwood yes. because it's he He can and, pull it off. He's and and pretty quickly he, he gets through that facade and has some feelings and he shows some in his way. His character, like his caricature way. Right. Some emotion and some feeling toward these, these people that he, he has he, a better
3: relationship with his dog than
2: he does with his sons. Yeah. Yeah. That's his real dog, by the way. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's part of my trivia. That's sweet. Yeah. I didn't know um, that.
3: And oh. something else that I when thought was a bit that off. dog to the, at the end, yeah.
2: to drop it off with the family. Yeah.
3: Oh, And I won't talk about it. <laughs> Well what, what, you what have did any I, tissues in here if what, you don't What did I, can't I text to you
2: at, at the end I was like hey I just finished I'm not taking, crying. You're I just, crying I just I just finished notes for Grand Torino I'm not crying you're crying <laughs> Right <laughs> Not crying the, you're crying that's Um what's her true. name the girl Sue Sue yeah Um you're better at the names of characters I
3: write them I down Oh well, that's
2: why <laughs> I put them in the notes <laughs> You, girl that's hey, your name you. You, Although that's
3: kind of what he does pretty much kind of <laughs> she knows a hell of a lot about her history or for her just her, just her family her as well as her heritage than
2: most people do yeah that seemed a bit much like but I'll I'll let that slide. I saw that as a writer's way of going, like, we have to explain why these people are the way they are, right. and like, you don't touch the little boy on the head kind of thing, because mm-hmm. it's, it's an insult or whatever. And what's the best way to do it? Well, the only person that can speak English, and the, the only person that will talk to him is Sue, so let's make her the <laughs> fucking harbinger of knowledge of all the Hmong people. Right. It's like, what 15-year-old girl knows that much about her heritage? Sue, None. Except well, Sue. Except Sue,
3: yeah. We were actually I, on your side on Vietnam. Like yes, <laughs> did you actually know that? That's or, or, no, no, that's what the script says. But do you think it I means? Any, it. Do
2: you think it means anything to him? No, <laughs> uh, kid. I fought in the Korean War, not Vietnam. <laughs> Which that's a fun joke yeah. because she's just as ignorant about his age and, right. and stuff as, 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 as he, he is with hers. Her. What I do like is that there's um, there's not a lot of goofy ass musical cues. No. Like there's not a lot of music to tell you how you're supposed to feel. You're just, ah, that's, you, you're, you as a viewer are a little bit more reactionary because there's not a build up, right? to like, oh, it's about to be a heartfelt thing. And then, ah, oh, it's a heartfelt thing. Cool. Nice payoff. It's just, there's some music and some. It's there, it's but very it's definitely subtle, not. Yeah, very it's subtle. very
3: subtle. Did you know that that was his son when she's walking on the, when she's walking, when Sue is walking down the street and gets, uh, kind of accosted by the th- the three African-Americans that just start giving her crap. And he comes out, he rolls in his truck and drives around and stops and pulls out the gun eventually. Uh-huh. That white boy that's uh-huh. there with the hat backwards uh-huh. and acting all cool and shit, yeah, yeah. thats that's Scott Eastwood. That's his son. <laughs> Which one of his... Uh, baseball roster of children, children. <laughs> god damn clint what are you he's, trying to do field of major league baseball team he's not the closer <laughs> we know that much this is my <laughs> roster of children bat batting first <laughs> uh apparently i guess <laughs> not to the extent of how harsh a walt was but apparently walt Always reminded Lisa of her grandfather in some mannerisms. Uh huh. Um, yeah, I had one like that. Okay. Apparently on her on her mom's side, while while he wasn't even remotely as close to the extreme as Walt was, he he always kept himself busy fixing things. Like when he goes down and the party and all the young kids are there, and he goes in and he leans on the washer and it clunk 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 clunk, and then he goes in sure.
2: and, and readjusts. Was he? Was it he, Was her grandfather uh, World War II or Korean War? Uh, I? I think World War II. Okay, like so, my, same both as mine. mine. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they. Those kind of dudes. They were. They wired. don't exist
3: now. They're they, wired differently.
2: Some, some do. Yeah, some do. But they're they're wired and they're built and they're programmed differently. And there's there's things that are wrong in the world and you have to fix them. That makes the world a better place. That's what they see as a positive influence, and it is in a way. <laughs> but, well, but the way they the way they interact with the rest of us humans is like god damn just we just wanted you to fix the washer why are you yelling at the neighbor right. <laughs> so Quit with the racial slurs already and my no. my grandfather wasn't that that uh, that severe right. with his uh, he had he's a, a caricature he had he's a, a caricature My grandfather had a gentle what we call a gentle racism nowadays <laughs> Walt
3: is is exactly what is wrong compared to later generations in this country he's intolerant He's a bigot. He's very close-minded. But, however, he's also very resourceful, works with his hands. He's practical and knows how to fix things, which is also what's wrong with later generations where it's <laughs> just once it's broke, let's replace it. We don't need to fix it. Yep. I'm like, no, 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 no,
2: I can fix this. Let me fix this. it will take 20, 20 minutes. Right. 20 minutes. It'll take 20 minutes. Maybe I should have part of my sandwich. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, do you have a favorite line? Uh, I have two. You go ahead first, and then I'll I'll drop my clip in. Uh, I'll have a diet coke. Bullshit! It's a bar.
0: I have a drink.
2: <laughs> was that the Was that the priest? It's when yeah, it's when the priest yeah. comes. To All visit right, I'll him. have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> right for the first time at the VFW, whatever diet, diet coke. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a good one. Yeah, and the other one is I don't remember where it plays in the movie, but it's been uh, or it's. Uh, <laughs> I've been called a lot of things, never funny.
3: <laughs> Very true. <laughs> my favorite line goes like this. I
0: can't afford my all this stuff. Well, I guess even a bonehead like you could understand that a man acquires this over a period of 50 years. Yeah, bud. All right, look. Here. Take these three items right here. You can have this. WD-40, Vice grips and uh, some uh, duct tape. Any man worth his salt can do half household chores with just those three things. Anything else you need,
3: you just borrow it. That's all.
2: I'm going to go ahead and say you probably need a Phillips head screwdriver. Yeah, that's helpful. Or one but of those man, screwdrivers I that I have done a lot with vice grips. <laughs>
3: Vice grip pliers are amazing, and I will be the first person to state that when my nephew Gregory got married- There's your shout out. That I gave him duct tape, (laughs) WD-40, and some vice grips- Based on this movie? And specifically quoted- the movie that's saying that any man is worth his salt can fix these three things alone with any household chores because it's true.
2: <laughs> that's Nathan Eddy, P.O. Box 666, <laughs> Six Pack Way, Nashville, Tennessee, 3706666. <laughs> but it's true. I mean, vice grips have come in so
3: handy along with yeah. duct tape and W.D. Ford. It is.
2: You, initially, it's initially Anybody it's, who
3: hasn't made home repairs doesn't realize how much truth is in
2: that quote. Yeah. Or you can at least band-aid it until someone that knows better can turn up and fix uh-huh. the pipe or whatever. Yeah. yeah no, it's, that's totally true.
3: Um, it's how Walt would do a podcast because it... What the fuck is this thing? <laughs>
0: Get this <laughs> mic out of my face. It's a microphone. What the fuck am I supposed to do with this thing? What slant-eyed bastard created this shit? <laughs>
3: Alright, that's that's all I'm doing regarding okay. Walt.
2: Okay. That was good though. Alright, okay. Would you like some trivia? Uh, I can I can break this racial tension with some trivia. Please. Can you do so? Because <laughs>
3: so, I feel horrible now with what I said.
2: Um why? It was funny. You don't right. you don't think that. No, I don't. But um, apparently Walt did. Editor's while note I was channeling him. Editor's note, Nathan is not a racist. Thanks. Um, as I said earlier, the dog Daisy is actually, uh, Clint Eastwood's real dog, which I think that I wonder every time I see a dog on, on a movie, I always wonder how many hours. That's the
3: first time I cried was when he takes the dog over. Really? Yeah. Because you know what he's committed to and that he's got this other life that's dependent upon him and he knows that he can't take care of it. I had
2: assumed that the, um, the ruffians were going to kill his dog. So I'd already steeled myself against that.
3: I get that, but that was not what I was thinking. I was so the just the ultimate end. Did, just, him giving yeah. the
2: dog to the old lady didn't make me cry because I had already assumed they were going to kill the dog. So I was, I, I was, wasn't, cool I with wasn't
3: that. even thinking that in the first place. Um, I was just thinking of my dog, and I wanted to make sure that the remainder of her life is sure. cared for. If oh, it's in our will. Ha- it's know. in our will
2: where our dogs go. It's that's a thing. Um, but I, I always wonder how many hours the main actor or the lead or whoever is, it was the animal the most has to spend with the dog or the animal and the trainer for it to feel real. And that's what made me kind of look it up. And then you found out. And then I see yeah, dog. Yeah. I was going to look it up anyway. Was
3: his dog's name Daisy? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So it's it was perfect name. And
2: yeah, it wasn't yeah, much it of a, no, it wasn't a stretch. I'm sure she's got a fairly it regimented works. life. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, on, a, on a funny side note, our friend, uh our friends Jeff and Erica, oftentimes when they go out of town, their dog... Erica is Erica not. is from, Erica is not. Erica's from Detroit. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, see? There's already connection. There you go. Their dog, Bodie, will come stay with us when they go out of town and can't take him, uh, take him with. I've and met Bodie. He's an odd bird. He's... He's a sweet dog, but he's, he's an odd bird. <laughs> he's Frank Miller's Joker. Well, <laughs> he's chaos in the shape of a dog. So sometimes, just to make him sit and calm down, I will affect a British accent to impersonate Jeff... Not to take the piss or anything, but maybe he'll listen to me if I say it in British. And nine times out of ten, he does. It's funny. <laughs> Sit! And he's, he looks at me like, oh, shit, is dad here? And he sits for That's a second. That's funny. It's funny, yeah. I Which, thought you put on Gran Torino and he'd chill out for two hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, Clint Eastwood will shoot me. Can you, within within a deviation of five, that being 20, 25, 30, 35, how many times Walt insults someone how many times... How many total insults Walt has in this movie? 75. 53.
3: Okay. I was a little overshooting it. A little low?
2: <laughs> I was a little, no, I was a little over. Because you feel like everything he
3: says is an insult, but maybe you have problems that we need to address later if you like all the insults that he's doing. That's what I meant.
2: <laughs> okay. <laughs> you looked at me weird like, oh, wait a second. Um, so there's some uh, scuttlebutt as to the truth of this one. OK, um, it was it was stated that he encouraged he, he hired actual Hmong actors, right? He purposefully
3: chose one. He especially chose ones that did not have a lot of acting experience because he wanted that. Cinema Veritas yeah. kind of thing, and so which definitely comes true. One
2: this. side states that he encouraged them to sort of improvise within the realm of the script. OK, the other side says he did not like to the point of cut. What are you doing? just stick to the script <laughs> depends on who you ask and it's sort of it adds a weird real life racial tension to the actual making of the film that because i don't because i know the that community, community in general are they a, a socal pre- are they a socal thing
3: no but i know that what i've read what little bit i've read is that they respected him for respecting every like the traditions and things that they showed that he specifically put oh, on camera and okay. represented them In a positive manner. sure. While he's racist, it does not represent them in a negative light. And so that's – that I do know that the community as a whole gave the thumbs up of the film. Okay. And their representation in the film. Just not the people that were – I don't know
2: uh, the people specifically. I can't speak to that in general. Um, Did you know that Clint Eastwood was actually in the military in Korea during the Korean War? I knew he was in the military. I did not know he was in... Do you Ukraine. know what his role in the
3: military in Korea is? Uh, was? radio. He was a lifeguard at okay. a pool. No, you know what? That that rings true now. Get out of I'm the deep end. Then.
2: You're gonna fucking drown. <laughs> he never got out of the Keep chair. Keep splashing. <laughs> <laughs> Keep splashing.
3: All right. Okay. Marco. <laughs>
2: <laughs> is that four gurgles or only
3: five? <laughs> or is that
2: five gurgles are only six? Pulls the drowning kid out by his collar like he's wearing a shirt in the pool. Right. But I know you're asking yourself one question. Was that four gurgles or only five? <laughs> I'll tell you the truth in all the excitement. i lost count myself. <laughs> they talk about...
0: <laughs> Do I really
2: have to give this kid mouth to mouth?
0: His breath smells like shit.
2: <laughs> um... Oh, Jesus. Um, so they talk about Gran Torino Yeah wait till Million Dollar Baby comes <laughs> Yeah the jokes are going to be funny He's only that, five right? years younger it's totally different <laughs> <laughs> uh, They talk about Gran Torino's being built in Detroit And right. him working on that line for X amount of years Gran Torino's were actually built in Lorain, Ohio do. Not Detroit do.
3: Not Detroit Well I guess he didn't do all of his research Only most of his research I mentioned so what he should have been driving was something else. A Pinto. I put that steering column in and that Pinto. I don't see the movie going, you know, That's where you gotta go. Money. El Camino. Dude, have
2: you seen Isu's new
3: movie? Pinto is
2: badass. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Grand so takes, Pinto.
2: Takes to El Camino. You gotta yeah, do El Camino. El Camino. Although uh, I don't think
3: that's Ford. Well, at that point, who cares? I'm going for syllable count. Oh, okay.
2: Um, This is the only Clint Eastwood movie where uh, his character dies. Spoiler. Sorry. Shit. shit, Rewind. (laughs) Thank God you backed that up. Spoiler. Only Eastwood movie where his character dies. And finally, um, this was supposed to be the last movie he at least starred in. Which is not actually true. Until... Something five years later. He did like trouble
3: with the curve. He was playing some baseball scout. They said, they said, they said, they said, they said, hey, look at this ladies' paycheck. Ladies, man. (laughs) They said Clint Eastwood wouldn't star in this movie. I said, oh, yeah.
2: (laughs) Amy Adams. All right. (laughs) She was in that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I saw it once. So, yeah. And then the mule that came out uh, last year. Last year? 2018? Well, it is last year now. But, but did it yes. come out of twenty? It was right
3: around Christmas okay. of twenty eighteen. Whenever you are listening to this, whether it's twenty twenty seven or you are in a time machine in seventeen eighty five,
2: if you are, you know what? If you are in a time machine in seventeen eighty five and you are using us to fill time between traveling from, good wherever for you. You're... Thank you. Fine. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, you do not know how much I appreciate it. Can you stop in? Stop into the studio real quick. And just uh, let us know how things are going. Twenty. How- <laughs> 20- Look, <clears throat> we're back. 20- 2020 does not go well, so canned foods and bottled water now. Go, go, go. <laughs> Uh, could you find a worse line in this movie? I haven't. I don't have a worse line until the next episode we do. So worst line and magic wand were both really hard for me because it's like I said, he's uh Eastwood is a very purposeful filmmaker. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of, he kind of edits as he films. Right. So to speak. Um, so there's not really a, a worse line because everything's, he meant whatever you see, but a magic wand. I would love this to have been the last Dirty Harry movie. I would love a few script tweaks where they make it that Callahan retires, moves moves New to Ta- somewhere. Tahoe, yeah, wherever. And then this kind of shit happens. And I, I realize the two were different. Like Dirty Harry's a more larger than life kind of Yeah. Character and it's hard to pull him back down to a real because I knew a war veteran semi or what you would call actual racist old man and it's hard to kind of marry the two. Yeah. But I would have loved for this to have been the final dirty harry. That would have been interesting. F- for him to have gone out the way he went out cuz that was that would have been Cuz that was that would not have been typical dirty harry. That would have been such And then <laughs> I'm I would just have just going to... Oh, and then I did. would have further loved for it gun, to have been which is East, gun. Eastwood's last thing. Or
3: at least at least performance wise. At least, you sure, know? sure. At least
2: performance wise. He wants
3: wise. to stay behind the camera. I'm okay with that. You can only do so much gravelly talk before he can only turn 88 and 89 once, and you just get older. <laughs> you know, um,
2: I had. Except my cousin Jerry. Before we roll into. He's my, actually growing younger. Yeah.
3: Before I roll into my favorite scene. Which is not my favorite line. It's a little different. Uh, I kind of combined if you could make one change to the film and if you could recast the lead, who would you pick to star in the film? These two go hand in hand. This is totally just – it kind of clicked when I was just putting my notes together about a week ago. I would do a complete reversal of the film and instead have it star someone like Jim Brown or Keith David in the lead. An African-American male who grew up in the Jim uh, Jim Crow era in the South. You make him a Vietnam veteran where the neighborhood is being infested by white trash. The gangs are all white supremacists and the setting is in the south and I would call it El Camino. <laughs> <laughs> Outside of the joke, Stinger for the El Camino joke. That would be an in- – I would want to watch that, that would movie. Be, that would I be would great. totally watch that movie. I would
2: totally watch that movie. Uh, if it's just you can sp- keep Jim Brown. Yeah, I, Jim Brown is too. He's not a good enough actor for
3: me. I was really trying to find someone in the age range. Okay, okay. That well, that fill that then. role. It
2: Richard Pryor. Yeah, that would be. I'd watch
3: that too. Had he not died, yeah, obviously <laughs> a while ago. Or Cleveland Little. Yeah. <laughs> <That> <laughs> why would, is that funny? interesting? I just watched. <laughs> that fl- would be I just
2: watched Fletch Lives the other day, and he's in Fletch Lives. Is he? Which is why, yeah, why he popped up, and he was. I hate
3: Fletch Lives. That's why.
2: Well, and he was—he played Richard Pryor's part in *Blazing Saddles*. Okay, yeah, I know.
3: Uh, if it's just a straight-up recasting the lead, I would just wait another thirty to forty years and put Hugh Jackman in the role. Really? Huh. Have you seen *Logan*? No. Okay, but you would get it a little bit more if you saw *Logan* okay. and the kind of oldish man,
2: angry kind of version. So I stayed. Uh- I say American contemporary. Okay. And despite my normal go-to joke, I would actually Burt Reynolds. Okay. 10 years ago though. 2 he, years. Oh, like 10 well, years. yeah, 2 and 10 years ten ago, years 2 years ago. ago. Yeah, I don't know how much how close in age they are, but Yeah. Okay, no, I can kind of see that. Um and the Depending other one on Where
3: you would place it? But yeah.
2: Um I would okay, I, I guess I would go When was Boogie Nights, 96, 97. 97. Yeah. So I would go, well, I'd go 07. I would go 07. Okay. And what's the what's the movie Burt Reynolds did right before he died? I still haven't seen The that. last movie star? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or something st- that was I still the, haven't watched it yeah, yet.
3: I think it's on Prime or something. Yeah, but I'm not It's I,
2: good, but I'm I don't like crying. The, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh and then it's, I went with Rance you're Howard. You're set for
3: crying for whatever movies we have set to watch, is what you're saying. I right don't
2: I, I don't like to cry
3: when I watch movies. Well but you've I also, already done it once. I also You'll went Nineteen eighty nine
2: Rance Howard. Okay. Or maybe maybe 1999 oh, Rance Howard. That would that Old, would be interesting. Ron Howard's dad, okay? Yeah. Old man Rance Howard. And, and I could kind of see that. I for, could totally I could totally see that. For those of you guys that don't know Rance Howard uh, among being Ron Howard's dad, he was more of a character actor right in the 80s, 90s and 2000s and probably obviously,
1: obviously um, before that.
2: But. He was in Ed Wood. He played um he played the guy that owned the meat packing plant in Ed Wood. And, and he's also in the Burbs, isn't he? He's in the he's Burbs. He's one which is, of the cops. Which is what and I was, and the, we've got at a at note from that really old man that says, you kidnapped his dog. <laughs> That's Rance Howard. Okay. I think he could be, he could be, f- it would be more comical. Not comical, but it would be more. It would be a little light, more lighthearted, I think. Yeah. It would not be as. <laughs> the lighter side of old man God, racism. This is really dark.
3: <laughs> is there a happy ending to this? Would it, would it still end the same way with Rance Howard?
2: Sure. Yeah, you shoot Ron Howard's dad. You shoot Opie's dad. You shoot You shoot, you shoot him good. You shoot Andy Griffith down. You cut him down in the street like a damn dog he is. Because he's a sheriff without a gun. You see? <laughs> it all comes back together. <laughs> oh, shit. What if you cast Andy Griffith as Walt? That would be weird. Y'all, that I would... y'all, I don't know spit about y'all's culture, but I'll be damned if I won't have a beer with y'all. <laughs> That's the worst Andy Griffith impression in you, the history You
3: were almost mine. doing Barney more than you were doing Andy. I was. I do, yeah.
2: But... Andy Griffith. As okay. Well. Could have been fun.
3: Would he That's, tell the great stories as a, like a Matlock kind of? All
2: right, I'm going to go for this. <laughs> I'm gonna, this is straight, not, I don't have notes for this. I'm going to go. You know, back in Korea, we wiped out an entire village of y'all's people, and I'll be damned if one of y'all wasn't left. Cut her head off and stripped her thighs and made some sweet barbecue. I stacked you guys five high fed the whole platoon for two weeks Chewy, it was good eating Alright, y'all get off my lawn now You hear? (laughs) Ant B Making all the sides (laughs) Why, Andy Andy (laughs) (laughs) You done made a whole mess of Korean barbecue and you don't have no corn, no cornbread no peas, no sweet peas, no black eyed peas Just Asian barbecue You miss all the peas Asian barbecue, as far as the eye can see <laughs> Golly! Y'all's Grand Torino's done. Pop, pop it flat. I can fix it, Leakity split. <laughs> Why, thank you, Gomer Would you like a Korean barbecue sandwich? Shazam! Is that six shots or only five? Well, all of my bullets are in my pocket. Except this one. <laughs> Jesus.
3: <laughs> oh, it's times like this. have watched a little too much uh, Andy Griffith show if you did not know this already. It's
2: times like this. I'm glad we only have seven listeners. <laughs>
3: Oh, was eight. Now you're in trouble. No, now. it's
2: have you? It's, oh, it's gone back down out. to seven.
3: <laughs> I'm live streaming this. You after know what we speak?
2: It's Kevin Bacon's penis all over again. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, all
3: right. Well, to cut the tension, I'm going to play this scene.
0: Now you're just going to learn how guys talk. You just listen to the way Martin and I batter it back and forth. You okay? You ready? Yes, sir. All right. Okay. perfect a pole lock and a change how you doing Martin you crazy Italian prick Walsh well, cheap bastard I should have known you'd come in I was having such a pleasant day now, what'd you do, uh, chew some poor blind guy out of his money, gave him the wrong change who's the nip oh he's the uh, pussy kid from next door I'm just trying to man him up a little bit mm. you see kid now that's how guys talk to one another they do. When you got shit in your ears? Now go on out and come back in and talk to him like a man. Like a real man. Come on, old. Come on. Get your ass out of here. Come on back now. Sorry about this. What's up? What's up, you old Italian prick? Get out of my shop before I blow your head off, you goddamn dick smoking. Go! Jesus Christ. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy. Take it easy. What the hell are you doing? Have you lost your mind? But, but that's what you said. That's what you said, men Say You do. You don't just come in and insult a man in his own shop. You just don't do that. What happens if you meet some stranger? You get the wrong one. He's going to blow your gook head right off. What should I have said, then? Yeah, kid, why don't you start with, um, hi or hello? Yeah, just come in and say, uh, sir, I'd like a haircut if you have the time. Yeah, be polite, but don't kiss ass. In fact, you could talk about a construction job you just came from and bitch about your girlfriend and your car. Um, son of a bitch, I just got my brakes fixed and those sons of bitches really nailed me. I mean, they screwed me right in the ass. Yeah, don't swear at the guy. Just talk about people who are not in the room. Uh, You could bitch about your boss uh, making you work overtime when it's bowling
2: night. Right, or... uh, my old lady bitches for
0: two goddamn hours about how uh, they don't take expired coupons at the grocery store. And the minute I turn on the fucking game, she starts crying how we never talk. See, now go out, come back and talk to him. And it ain't rocket science, for Christ's sake. Yeah, but I don't have a job, a car, or a girlfriend. Jesus. I should have blown his head off when I had the chance. Yeah, maybe so. Now, okay, I want you to turn around and go outside and come back and don't talk about having no job, no car, no girlfriend, no future, no dick, okay? Just turn around and go. Excuse me, sir, I need a haircut. If you ain't too busy, old Italian son of a bitch-prick barber. Boy, does my ass hurt from all the guys in my construction job. Fuck me.
2: (laughs) You have to laugh along with him. Well, come
3: on. We've known each other long enough now. Yeah, we've known each other long enough, yeah. We've known each other long enough that we insult each other. A he's lot. Easily. We just don't go to the point of he's being stupid, stupid racist ju- stupid Jew prick Watt Barber. <laughs> I mean But you you can't blame the kid. He doesn't know he any doesn't, better. He's just He's just like, hey, guess what? What? Well Walt here, who's a a son of a bitch bigot and racist prick, is gonna try to make me Tough. Tough and to know how to talk like a guy. Like how dudes do. I'm gonna do, go like into the wait, barber shop. I don't go to the barber shop drop by the all way, the to... all the racial slurs.
2: I don't trade barbs with a dude at the barbershop. shop. Like that's well, not, you should. That's and not if our you generation. Did, you know, you would not. Well
3: but it was Waltz. Also apparently. look at
2: me, for God's sake. Do I look like I've been to a barbershop since
3: <laughs> Nixon was in office? I know you haven't been to a barbershop in a long time.
2: But yeah, it it's just
3: it's one of those things where it could be Extremely confusing for someone who does not understand well, American have culture. He doesn't have a dad, and it's just you don't you don't understand the banter and the I'm just screwing with him while we make fun of each other. But I don't really feel that like that about you. But it's but it's just funny, you yeah, know.
2: Yeah. You can't, you have to Aussies m- call it paying out.
3: Yeah, you got to grow into that. You can't just go like zero to sixty.
2: Yeah, that's a funny scene. Um, can you recommend a similar or equal film? Uh, I found this a little bit
3: different and difficult at first. Uh, how did you come across? Before I tell you what I have, did you, were you like, yeah, or I have two and there, I had something that popped up in my feed unintentionally Okay, that was like, I haven't seen that in a long time, but I, that kind of scratches the same itch in a different direction. What was it? You ever seen Michael Douglas and falling down? yeah a long it been been a while no, I know that movie front to back. okay, that's a great fucking movie is that not a in a lot of ways kinda that's a really good pick, man. It's a I hadn't seen it in a while, and I was just like, wait, well, this is just as bad in a lot of ways, but it's still it's a it's he, very he, similar. He's just trying to get home, man. He's just trying to get he's trying to get to his daughter's birthday with that. his estranged ex wife. Yeah. His car breaks down on the freeway and he's just like Screw it dude, I love that movie. Yeah. Man. I haven't seen it in, in a long time, but man, is it good. And it's just his performance is really good because you feel like as a consumer when he goes into like the the restaurant, it's, it's like 10.32 oh, we're not, we're and you want, we're not serving breakfast anymore.
2: But the clock says 10.30. Right. Yeah. It's 10.31. Yeah. For the first time in several episodes, pick six or otherwise of this show, Nathan has made my stuff look like shit garbage. <laughs> that never happens. And uh, no, that happens, two that happens all the time. That happens all the time. Dude, I didn't even So I went from memory. I went from feeling and from memory, but that's a really good pick. It has
3: just a lot of it has a lot of similar thematic elements yet pushed to it to the extreme and instead of an old school morality like parable that Gran Torino is, this film will be much more like a cautionary tale. Sure, of, sure. don't, but lose, the, don't the, lose your shit. The character is the same. But the character is, in a lot of ways, the same. Because you can see, while he's breaking down, the internal conflict that he has. It's like, hey, I'm going to get this army surplus store. Oh my god, this guy is a horrible racist. I was
2: just wanting some combat boots. <laughs> you know? The, uh, the two I chose were pretty on the nose. Um, that rhyme is free, you can keep that. Um, <laughs> I went with the Grinch. Okay. Because... Sweet little girl touches the heart of an otherwise mm-hmm. world heart. No, I never bastard. even
3: made that connection. So that's really a good recommendation. And the
2: original Grinch, not the bullshit Opie version <laughs> with with Jim Carrey. Yeah, the original, the story, or the or the nineteen sixty For
3: anybody under the age of 32, uh, Opie is Ron
2: Howard. Yeah, Rance Howard's son. <laughs> Rance Howard's or, son, or Andy Griffith's the son, the one who he Howard- wanted
3: to play Dirty Harry. <laughs>
2: Not Dirty Harry, but well, Walt. Um, <laughs> but the 1969 TV version, of okay. Boris Karloff, okay. Like that's no, that's
3: I wouldn't have initially thought about that being a direct comparison, but it really is because it's she softens his heart and he starts to not change. be an asshole. Yeah. The other the other way or at I went as much. was
2: the other way I went was uh, a almost a one for one flip, which is the Karate Kid. Okay, um, an Asian. War vet, takes in an an Italian kid and teaches him how to be a man. Pretty, Like I said, pretty on the nose. Racism here. Racism (laughs) not here. (laughs) For the record, Nathan first pointed at his head, then his heart. (laughs) So to be clear, racism is in your head, not Not your heart. heart. Exactly. Because I think that's true. You're taught racism. You're not born with it. (laughs) Six-pack double feature editor's note, racism is in your head. Not Not in your heart. (laughs) It's learned behavior. (laughs) Final thoughts? Does it still hold
3: up? You hadn't seen it before. It's kind of hard for those that hadn't seen it before. It's too new. It's too new. Even with 10 years old, it's still kind of too new. Uh, I put down here, anyone who is sensitive to racial slurs uh, will have a hard time sitting down and watching this film especially if you don't care about old men on in you know old on your screen yeah. old white men on your screen uh it was very difficult for me to compare to even just a few years ago uh while necessary for the film and for Walt's transformation i feel like they could have dialed down the racism by 30 or 40% and yeah. i think it still would have been effective and gotten its message across
2: so see i'm kind of the opposite i feel you like mean, i feel like you want more racism no <laughs> I feel like they play his racism up to a point when you're like, uh, he everything he says to this girl is going to be racist now, and then he he pulls it back, okay, and then he's in the house with them, and he's not saying anything terribly horrible. He wasn't letting up, and she's just like, nope, nope,
3: nope, nope. Yeah. Come on, I don't believe you. I don't believe you. And then come you're, over, and then he goes, "You're just like well, my honestly, grandmother. She's just as racist and spits out. She's more a more like
2: grandmama's a great, grandmama's a great grandmama spits out that giant. Oh." why God, won't he why won't he just move uh, his face it uh, what he does he go, say when he well, gives her the dog? you're not gonna eat her, are you yeah <laughs> something like that yeah, it's very similar i'm done- dude, I've done more impressions in this episode- shitty impressions I know why I know my lane <laughs> we didn't say good we just yeah, said impressions. I've done more shitty impressions, um, <laughs> but it also flips and allows him like he he kind of atones for the forty odd years of his tough guy characters at the end, yeah. By, Kind of the way John Wayne did in, um, in the Shootist. Right. Okay. It's been a while since I've seen that, but that's one of the one, or, it's the one of or the two, two films that he's actually where, where John been Wayne dies. Yeah. yeah. Um, most importantly, I think it says, and not so subtly, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, he's a grizzled old white racist on the surface, but honestly, the movie kind of one of its faults, in my opinion, is he he peels that racist layer off pretty quick. Yeah. Once she's nice to him, and he realizes that she's not. That's
3: why it. it's a parable.
2: And not real, real. Some people go, well,
3: come on, you're just really hitting the nail on the head. Okay, like, way no, too... I see that. But, but I understand your point. It's... He's like... He plays a character... It's a movie. You have to move forward quickly. Exactly, exactly, It's not, like I said, it's, some not things a ten, you have to... it's not a 10-episode yep.
2: series on Hulu, you know? Some things you have to just jump over, and he jumps over the character turn, which some people argue is important, but it, it, he gets past it pretty quick, and you, you move along with him. This is... Uh... Sort of also an edict on toxic masculinity or just masculinity in general, which is can be toxic, can be and is often toxic. A lot of dudes will hide how they really feel just by trying to be the tough guy, right? by trying to be the badass. And it's it's so much easier and it's so much more rewarding and good for your heart to just show some kid that doesn't know his difference between his ass and his elbow how you can fix a pipe with some duct tape, at least for a day, you know? Yeah. This will not flood your basement now. You yeah. Know? At least you can flush the toilet another. Well, maybe not. Yeah. Let's, let's not fix the toilet with with duct tape. <laughs> but <laughs> but at can, least a pipe. A pipe. A yeah, water. And then, yeah. And then you can. get Let me tell you where this it. is.
3: Where you turn it off, so you don't have to use it, and it's not going to leak anymore.
2: I uh, I knew the man long enough to call him my grandfather uh, to make an impression on me. He was not vitriolic in his racism. And I'm not making excuses for the generation, but they referred to people by what they were taught to refer to people. Uh, And he was one of the most kind-hearted dudes I ever knew. And he would speak about people in their epithets, and I'm not going to do it. But (laughs) especially... a lot of times, those of us that might be Asian, a lot of say. times
3: you have to accept also the fact that they may not necessarily think anything other than what they were shown
2: was a defense mechanism. Right. That's all it is. Yeah. For, 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 it's either ignorance or it's a defense mechanism. Right. And it's just, you know, I think at the end of the day, sometimes if you just give some asshole a hug, yeah. He may not be an asshole. He's not anymore. so much an asshole.
3: Right. I mean, I look at it as Grand Torino's like old fashioned filmmaking at its best. Eastwood takes his time to tell the story of Walt, and I think that Walt has demonstrated, you know, in the past that that he'll sacrifice everything if necessary in order to preserve freedom. He sh- he expressed that with fighting in a war, and he expressed that again fifty years later, fighting in a war, fighting in a war in his neighborhood. The crowning achievement of this film is that the tolerance can truly lead to understanding, you know, is it an over-the-top anti-racism
2: parable? Yes. But does it work? Absolutely. Well, that's Gran Torino. Yeah. It's Dirty Harry. Good God, that was heavy and then got really weird there. It It was heavy and then it was
3: messed up and weird and stupid and funny like we normally kind of get. Ended heavy.
2: Yeah, let's do some chasers real quick before you, we get you, out of here. You want to lighten the load? Here yeah, let's lighten the load. All right, hon. God's sake. You. And these are these uh, are new I uh, see drops. These. Okay, I'll go first. Okay, <clears throat> oh, I'm scared. <clears throat> I'm scared. At Elizabeth Schutz wants to know what movie have you watched the most times? Oh my god.
3: There are many movies I've watched way too many times and I should probably count. I can't give an exact number. I'd probably say Jaws. Beetlejuice. Okay. Jaws became a fascination as a kid and then a comfort for some weird reason, Mm. a comfort and familiarity when I was older. Absolutely. And it's a classic that just kind of stands the test of time in, in many ways other than the Bell Bottoms. So I would say Jaws. Jaws is my uh, movies I've probably seen more than any other movie out there.
2: Jaws is up there for me. Yeah. Um, two is second. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Jaws 2 twice. if you're into numerology, that's a whole probably thing. But <laughs> uh, Beetlejuice is mine. I saw that the year it came out at the drive-in, and I easily, as I said last season, I easily watch it once a year. So uh it is informed quite a bit of my... Humor and my style and the way I think of the world, I guess. Yeah, just Beetlejuice. That's, that's the movie I've seen the most. Easily. Why? Because it's a nice fucking model.
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, the one I pulled here says that Brock Stevik wants to know, what movie do you wish you could watch again for the first time? Oh, that's hard
2: farts, man. That's... <laughs> That's a great question. Uh, that's a
3: question that's really difficult to answer.
2: <laughs> um, oh, it's my question, dude. I, I'm i not going to edit this out. I, I have to. I am rubbing a hole in my forehead. Uh,
3: I would say Blade Runner. I say Blade Runner because I hated that movie. Same. The first time I saw it. I hate it now. <laughs> Alien, 3. and I'm really curious. Alien three. <laughs> I'm really curious to see whether or not I would still hate it at 43 going on 44 as I did when I was in my 20s.
2: That I don't know why I said Alien three, but I'm gonna say Alien three because the because you want to see how many times you can bring up Alien three. No, dude, I just <sighs> fucking love that movie so much. I it's so there's so much involved in it, and there's so much like so it, it's that trailer that so like I first started to kind of notice movies and think about like in a, in a more of in a more discerning way. Right. The year that came out I was 12. Uh and I remember that trailer. And that trailer scared the fuck out of me. Like when it's that whole they they show these cut scenes and it's that that voiceover guy, uh-huh. the, the classic trailer voiceover yeah. guy and it goes to it's, it's this is back. The suspense is back and the bitch is back. Is that what do they actually say that in the, the trailer? Bitch. Is back. And it shows that scene of of the Xenomorph okay. doing the ovapaz. The extra and little face. And, and Sigourney Weaver is so terrified and it's right on her face. And it's never as good as that trailer makes it. But the the anticipation I have or I had the first time I watched right. Alien Three it's not the movie that the trailer would make it seem to be. It's a great movie and I love it. Mm-hmm. But I'm one of those three out of six people that likes Alien 3. No, I'm sorry. One out of six people that likes Alien 3. That's not true.
3: I like Alien 3. I especially like it much more than I like Alien Resurrection.
2: That's not a movie we talk about. (laughs) That Um, that movie is not discussed in this household. It's one of those where you're like, ah, I am surprised by this, but I'm pleasantly surprised because I thought it was going to be a continuation of Aliens. Which is my least favorite. Okay, uh, and I'm I'm that's wholly surprised because it's basically seven. Okay,
3: seven ish, Seven-ish. six and a half. <laughs> Alien <laughs> six
2: and a half. Uh, and I've taken a long way around to explain this, and I apologize. But Alien Three, a- 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 as an adult, Alien Three. I like the question. I that's just a, don't like. I don't
3: know if I like my answer or not, but I like my answer. At that's the same an amazing. Time. That's
2: an amazing question. Decker's replicant. I, I don't know. Decker's a replicant. Anyway, okay. so that's... Uh, <laughs> Spoiler! <laughs>
3: um, mm. We are heading back next week for a couple of part threes. Oh, boy. Um, and on that note, uh, why don't you listeners go ahead, <laughs> and if you want to, try to find yourself Halloween 3, Season of the Witch, and uh, Friday the 13th, part three in 3D, or two day, 2D, depending on... Uh, what you can find i guess and we'll be back in a week to uh, discuss those cinematic masterpieces see, see, see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Six, six,
2: six, six pack double feature is a clopeck media production you can like and follow them on facebook at six pack double feature podcast and on instagram at six pack double feature they aren't on twitter because twitter is dumb
1: I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal.